Hey everybody, Future Mar interrupting on Past Mar's behalf. Now at the time of the recording, I wasn't aware of how good an idea it would be to let you know to stop what you're doing and watch the episode beforehand. Now, normally we do warn you what we're watching every week, and we don't always expect people to watch it, you know, before listening, and you certainly don't need to, and even here you don't really absolutely need to, but I'd highly recommend it, if only to see Kyle Chandler in those dad jeans. So, I'll throw a link in the description. It's the series finale of Early Edition, Season 4, Episode 22, Luck of the Irish. I'm going to mention that in five seconds anyway, but just in case, I think, you know, if you find time, we'll even watch ten minutes of it, you're good to go. Uh, again, you'll understand why I'm warning you this up front, because the latter half of our conversation, there's some visual stuff that you're going to want to, you know, know what we're discussing that you might need to see for yourself. So, again, the link will be in the description, and in the meantime, enjoy the episode. See ya! everybody and welcome to another episode of the televoid i'm one of your hosts mara kate elliott and i am joined as always by my lovely co-host latoya ferguson hey latoya they had a blanket (laughs) hey latoya and we are joined by special guest lisa easton what's up lisa top of the morning to you mara (laughs) good lord um so if you you can't (laughs) tell by those lovely intros we uh watched the very irish very uh saint patrick's day specific early edition series finale uh season four episode 22 luck of the irish so i mean it's okay it's a saint patty's day episode in may it's in may well you know it was not supposed to be the series finale because the actual, like, I think it's 420. Blaze it. was supposed to be the season finale slash season series finale, but for some stupid reason, CBS aired it out of order. Ah, that makes a lot. Because, I have questions about that. Yeah, because so many that, questions. that particular episode actually, like, number 20 delves into, like, how he got the whole newspaper thing and all that, so. Yeah, and that's, the problem is, like, the, well, when my, my notes will get to, so we'll get many to the problems. end of the episode. Yeah. But it was a terrible way to end the series. It was a narration by a character who's not even a regular. It was right. bizarre. That's why it's so bizarre that this is the last episode they ever aired. And they just kept it that way. After they aired it, they like committed to the air date schedule, and that's just how the show is watched yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Which is. Because usually on shows like that, they'll at least like re edit the, the way it was ordered on like Wikipedia. On this, it's like, nope, everywhere you watch it, this is the finale now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know like, if they ever released it on DVD, but if that's just the episode they should. now. But if anyone's like gonna watch it ever, 420 is the actual series finale, so. Nope, this forever. <laughs> Alright, so let's get, let's get into this. I mean,. I, I, first of all, forgot that it was 40 minutes long instead of 20. Cause this Why would is you not- assume this was a sitcom besides the fact that it's a joke? Uh, not that it's a sitcom, it's like a PAX original or something, so <laughs> oh, it felt like it should be short and abrupt, and it was not. And It was r- literally from the second, like, it started, like, just hearing the music, I'm like, of course this aired on PAX all the time. Oh, is it, was it, a, it was a PAX original, No, right? it was CBS. Yeah. What? Yes. yes. 
Oh, I thought it was like a PAX original. Weren't there no. shows that were PAX original? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like uh, the Billy Ray Cyrus show. Yeah, Dr. Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> Why do you have that right out of the game? <laughs> I just, all I remember about PAX is that it played early edition all the time and also the Billy Ray Cyrus show. Was it a doc or something? Yeah, and and Billy Ray Cyrus went on to play another doctor in Sharknado 2, by the way. Just... Nice. <laughs> well, uh, PAX, which is now known as Ion Television, rip. Uh, Ion Television is actually pretty good, I it's think. It's all Criminal yeah. Minds it's, and Cold Case. It's all... Yeah. And uh, honestly, Law and Order Criminal Intent. On, in, a, in a weird marketing way, I love that they just say, like, positively entertaining. It's great, because it's an Ion, and it's good. But yeah. um, so All nerds love Ion television. It's, it's yes. very clever for cable. <laughs> yes. and But they took over PAX, and originally PAX... I, we should probably mention this, because it's kind of relevant to the way that this show, I mean, found its second life. Because if it was airing on CBS originally... It's not until it was on PAX that it really, like, I think got its, like, name. Also, like, they did, like, uh, reruns on Fox Family, so it yeah. was... Like, oh, okay. It was, yeah, it was still, like, Family Channel, Fox Family, still super conservative. Yeah, and it's, like, super conservative. I, I, not, I don't know if it's religious necessarily, but it definitely, like... Traditional values. It was very traditional. I think it was owned by, like... I don't know. It was just. It was a very like old school. Very, like, it felt like era western yeah, in the middle of the day. It's very neutral. I mean, it came in the late later nineties, so it's kind of a little bit past that era. Yeah, ninety six to two thousand. Like in the Let me, same gonna... vein as like you know, everybody was watching like Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman, and then things like exactly, that. Exactly. Like, yeah. Bring that up. Kind of Let more me... wholesome entertainment. Let me read off a list of the kind of stuff you were going to see on here, which is Highway to Heaven, Here's Lucy, The Hogan Family, Dave's World, Touched oh, yeah. by an Angel, mm-hmm. Twice in a Lifetime, The Weakest Link, of course, later <laughs> on, and uh, Supermarket Sweep, Shop Till You Drop, of course, all that kind of stuff. Supermarket Sweep was the jam, though. And Family Feud. <laughs> so it was a lot of, like, family entertainment, and it felt like, almost, like, weirdly Midwestern or something. I don't know if it was on purpose, because there's a lot of, like, Western-sized, like, stuff. Like, there's, I think, some crime dramas that were set in the West. And I almost feel like maybe they didn't air Walker, Texas Ranger, but it the same kind of competing market as the Walker, mm-hmm. Texas Ranger crowd. Well, yeah. They were going for that demo. And that was, C- that was all CBS, too, and that, oh, God, that show with uh, Nash Bridges, that's the show I'm trying to think yes. of. Yes, yes. All from that era. And it was, like, pre-CSI CBS. So it was all these mm-hmm. kind of, like, shows that you could watch with your whole family that were still kind of adult, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and it's a lot of those, like, you know, uh, like, heavy, like, I don't know what they're called, like, those tan jackets and, like, tan hats. And, like, <laughs> like, with all those, like, dark brown, Are you brown, saying the programming like, was beige? Is that what you're trying <laughs> beige? to say? Very beige with a hint of, like, I don't know, like, karate cowboy, which is kind of the vibe they were all going That's very yeah. Nash Bridges. There we go. Yes. But, um, so that's, going into it, that's the kind of show this was, although this was the last episode, well, I mean, allegedly last episode, yeah. that was the they were all or not. <laughs> basically shows you would assume were first-run syndication. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's kind of one of those shows that's just, like, I can't, it's great that it exists, but it sort of seems like an episode of The X-Files, and they just happen to make a TV show all about Especially it. Especially that, so, that opening credit sequence is very, like, this actually aired oh, on a network. God. This aired on a that's network. That's so, wait we need to that's wait. Actually, well, I just want to say that's re- it's, uh, really very mid nineties. It, it is so and, good. But this, and, but this particular episode aired in two thousand, and they had not shaken the nineties yet. <laughs> that was this was aired in two thousand. Yeah, this aired in two thousand. Yeah. Oh my god! But it reminded me of the Sliders intro, so I want to like look at those yeah. dates. 
I really thought this was like early 90s. I can't believe it was that late. Wow. I know it started in like 96 yeah. or something. Well, I just was 95 to 2000, so it actually does check out. It's 96 to 2000, so it is right in the same wow. era. That, mm-hmm. that and like the Pretender and like all that kind of stuff yeah. where oh, yeah. it was just like, just, and then like, I, then there was like Touching Evil came out, which was like USA stuff. And that's when it all started to go dark, and then, like it kind of splintered yeah, in two different directions. Mm-hmm. USA, USA was, very was dark. becoming a real network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Pax <laughs> Rip uh, became Ion eventually, which aired the repeats of USA Network TV shows, <laughs> and they obviously lost in that battle. But I actually, I actually prefer watching Ion now to watching USA because it's like the best of USA instead of just like USA plus whatever the shit else is going on in USA. Um, so... Speaking of USA, don't forget to watch Dig, only on... I have no idea what time it's on. I don't really know what the show's about, but I just don't know. They're really promoting Dig. Oh, yeah, Dig. <laughs> I saw um, commercials for it on NBC, and I thought oh, the show Awake was back. <laughs> like, oh, God. I keep seeing Jason I Isaacs. I'm like, what? Oh, no. Anyway. I do wish Awake was back. Awake was great. Yeah, I agree. Rip. Uh, so, so anyway, this episode starts. Well, we should go to the premise first. Although the intro will take care of it, so maybe we should just skip to that. But um, it starts off introducing. It's an Irish themed episode, so it even begins with like yeah, bagpipes like playing in the background. It's so and upsetting. There's so much like cheesy <laughs> and stereotypical. Irish I felt music. offended on your behalf, yeah. Maura. Yeah, and the the poor late Henry Gibson, who you may know him as. I mean. And he's been in everything. He's a character actor who's literally done practically every kind of role you can imagine. He's usually a grandfather, though, and oftentimes a leprechaun. And uh, he's probably also most famous in the, the ironically similar titled Luck of the Irish movie <laughs> uh, on Disney Channel, where he played the grandfather um, who was an- who was the, the guy battling against young Timothy Omudson uh, as <laughs> That's a he deep was like Seamus right McTiernan in that. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. the grandfather of Ryan uh, Merriman, so if you've ever seen that, I know it's a really, really niche joke I just made there, but I promise <laughs> That's you- That's when, like, Maura gained her sexual identity <laughs> watching that movie. <laughs> like, you're joking? She's <laughs> not joking! But, like, I'm not weird. joking. I know, I'm but it's weird. Know. At the time, I hated Timothy Olmanson in that, because he's the mean guy, and he's, like, weird-looking by the end of it. Like, he looks like a goat a little bit, but, like, Ryan Merriman was, like, where it's at, and his friends were, like, cute, too, I think, from what I remember- and, like, it was kind of, he had, like, Spock ears at one point because he becomes a leprechaun, and it's great. But then, great. like, later on in life, I watched Psych, and I was like, oh, that's Timothy Omenson from that show, or from that movie, and it was, like, oh, it was a formative movie. Okay, so, <laughs> I mean, I already had that smart house stuff wrapping me up to begin with, so, sorry. Uh, so, uh, Henry Gibson, Henry Gibson is chilling out at the counter, drinking a beer, like, running up a tab with the most delightful, like, he is so happy to owe $600 plus. It would be so grating to see that from anybody else, but Henry Gibson is such a charming little guy. It's like, you can't, like, he's just like a grandfather. Like, you can't really, like, he's such a smug jerk, but you're just like, oh, but he's adorable. Because he's, his name's Quigley. He won't pay his bill. And, uh, we're to... Gary, which we'll just refer to as Kyle Chandler. Yes, this is starring... Yeah, I, just refer- I refer to him as Kyle Chandler my entire yeah. notes. Exactly. If you've never seen the show, it's starring Kyle Chandler of Friday Night Lights. Of Kyle everything Chandler. Everything else. Kyle Chandler of theme. Kyle Chandler. Yeah. So, so he, so he plays uh, the lead character who owns a pub. An Irish pub, I guess you could say, too. I don't even know if it's ever been uh, hinted at, but I guess it probably did. It's Irish I mean, now. It's called it the is Ginties, now. Yeah, and so, so at least it's an Irish name. <laughs> McGinty's. Okay, yeah, it probably is. 
and so uh, they have him, uh, Henry Gibson, that is, is bragging about basically owing $600, and uh, Gary's not having it. So he's like, hey, I'm gonna need you to pay that bill. At first he brushes it off until he finds out it's $600 and not like mm -hmm. 60 bucks. And he's like, uh, we're gonna need to cut you off until we get the money, because that's a lot of money. 600 bucks is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And to be drinking, that must be, how, what's the math on that? Like, how many drinks is that? This is well, like I mean, 2000 he's money. Irish, it's fine. Uh, but it's like 2000 <laughs> money, so it's like, that's like a lot of drinks. That's yeah, like drinks. when it's, that's a lot, that's a lot of drinks. Yeah. So, uh, he's, and also, why would you not notice until you get to $600? What, what got it that far before you realize we should, like, pump the brakes on this? You should hit, like, 300 and be like, alright, let's just take a break and wait till you pay. Instead, they just kept it going. And, uh, he quickly, of course, if you've ever seen Henry Gibson, has that very, like, mischievous, like, I'm you a know, leprechaun. And he sounds yeah, like I'm a leprechaun, leprechaun. Like, finger on his nose kind of thing. He has like, the this Irish episode accent. confirms he's a leprechaun, does it not? It doesn't say it. I don't think explicitly, but it definitely implies it heavily, which is ridiculous. And, and the, his accent is so crazy in this Well, place. his is better than every other yeah, person on this show. Still, like, I'm so excited to talk about the accents. The accents are insane. <laughs> this opening scene, though, it was... Like, I almost could not understand him, and I generally don't have a problem with accents, but I was like, what the hell is oh, he yeah, saying? I had, I had no problem with him. Ugh. It was all the other ones. I had no... I barely I could understand him, I and I just kept thinking of the movie Leprechaun. Like, the whole time <laughs> he was talking. Like, so you're saying you're more of a Warwick Davis kind of girl, I'm I guess. I'm a Warwick Davis kind of girl, you know, I want me gold. Yeah. That's my guy. Yeah. <laughs> And some, like, horror mixed in. Right. Some, some blood and guts. But, uh, so, he, he warns him in that very, like, you know, leprechaun kind of trickster kind of way. He says, last time my family was cut off, there were three major tragedies, or several tragedies, a.k.a. the 1969 Cubs lost the World Series, the Hindenburg went down. I'm like, so people died because you didn't get the drink? Yeah. But, okay, that's never been commented on. And so, uh, regardless... He kind of implies, if you cut me off, shit's gonna go down. And, and you know, shit does go down. Gary immediately is like, yeah, okay, sure. He even refers to it as the Quigley what? Curse. And he's like, eh. You think yeah. that someone who gets a paper... Okay, we'll, we'll wait for that. <laughs> like, you sh he should know better. But, um, so, immediately after proclaiming the Quigley Curse is now gonna come down on him for having been cut off, uh, he... He kind of like shimmies a little bit Gary backs up bumps into a waitress mm -hmm. the, sp the drink spills uh, the waitress slips on a drink that's spilled a keg pops down and rolls out into the street I don't know how that happens I guess the door was opening outward and I don't understand <laughs> And there's a car accident immediately following it, which... Again, someone could have died. Really, they could have this, died. And then, this episode is like Final Destination. Yes. The Ireland edition. I yes. Because it comes back later, which we will get to. Yes, the, Final Destination 317, I yeah. think, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but it's, um, <laughs> it's very, like, all these random, like, trip over this, and this rolls this way, and yeah. Yeah, that's very much the style of the show in general. It's very... Well, uh, speaking of, now we get into the intro, which is one of the most amazing intros. It is such an intro of the times. It's amazing. And that's why I thought this was a 90s show, is because the intro was so dated even then. Yeah, it's like exactly this... Well, not exactly the same, but like the same exact style as the Sliders intro, where it's like the music and everything, and then you have like I mean, Quinn telling the whole plot of the show. I'll drop the intro in the in the show notes if you want to watch it. I should, we should try to describe it at least vaguely, though. It's like, 
it looks like it was made in PowerPoint or something. It's crazy. Well, it's like images are just it's nothing. It's just images of the show are just fading in and out. Not even like a sophisticated fade. It's like the kind of fade you can do in, in PowerPoint. Plus and, there are only two series regulars. Yes. <laughs> they have to show them both. And they're both like there. And then... It's very Xena have, Warrior Princess. Like There's yes, narration and, explaining uh, and then just like weird flashes of things. I get tomorrow's paper. Today. Yeah, yeah. Which how many times in the show's history has he said it exactly like that? He says well... It, it's it's very reminiscent. We've made jokes about it before. It's very similar to... I mean, not that it's actually similar to, but, like, it has the same cadence of repet- repetitiveness of, like, the castle intro, if you want to hear, like, a modern <laughs> version of it, where, you know, it's a castle, 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 Beckett, 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 Beckett. I am ruggedly good-looking, and that's the kind of stuff, like, it's... It, it's good because it definitely sets up for anybody who's never seen the show to sit sit down and understand what the hell's going but if on. if you've, you've started the show at 4.22, then maybe... <laughs> I know, right? Could they have maybe gave it like one day to just be like maybe they figured out what this show's about on the last episode? But, I would uh, love again, for it was a show order. on their like series finale to just be like, if you don't know, we're not telling you. Like, <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, arguably, that's probably the best time to do it though, because you're gonna get people tuning in for the final episode. Although I don't know this had the draw that like Lost probably did for in- informing what happened the last episode. <laughs> I actually like <laughs> I thought it was interesting to read that like I was looking at the ratings for the show. The ratings for the show actually got higher like in ep- seasons two and three. Did it like, start? Uh, they were decent ratings for the show. And what were the ratings like? Do you remember? Uh, let me look it back up. I have. Was it in syndication at that point? Maybe that's what it no, was. No, it wasn't in syndication until like right as it like oh, stopped airing. Really? Yeah. Well, first season... season was not nine million viewers. Second season was eleven point nine. Oh my god! Third was ten point two. And fourth for... season eight point eight. The depressing thing is, if with those ratings, if it was now, it would still be on. Absolutely, yeah. it'd be a hit. It'd be an absolute yeah. like smash hit. That'd be like it'd be like airing after Empire. It'd be like amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, I want the Empire fight early edition. Oh so my badly. god, drip drop. But like, <laughs> so it, it starts off with the, the intro of just he literally it's Kyle Chandler clips from other episodes where he probably had to explain verbatim what happens in the show. And he says, I get tomorrow's new pa- newspaper today. I'm out I'm there sure saving lives. Every single episode. He and says then, that exact an, line. Exactly. And then there's another one where he's like, I'm out there saving lives. That's what I do, you see. <laughs> it's just... You see? You oh, see? Man. Kyle Chandler in this, I feel like I should describe him. Obviously, you probably, if you know who I'm talking about, you've probably at least seen Friday Night Lights. Uh, he has, like, the daddiest dad gene kind of vibe in this where he just it seems like a dad solving crime. That windbreaker, oh man. And obviously other other shows have done that. Like I say Castle is solving crimes, he's a dad. But like this is the kind of dad like doesn't normally solve crimes. He's he just the dad be sitting the, on his couch like watching sports. Watching golf with his cat. specifically. Yeah. But he wears like you know like those kind of like rumpled nineties like like w- like whitewashed blue jean kind of things and like a lot of like tucks in his shirt and jeans and like wears windbreakers and stuff like that's <laughs> the kind of vibe that this guy's going for and he really I mean he nails it he does a good job he he looks great doing it but it's very wholesome it's very family oriented for a show. That really has no family in it, really. I mean, the, the guest stars are family, and his mom is a recurring, I guess. But it's not like a show where he's a family man who happens to be doing this. Like, he's just a single dude who owns a bar. And it's, like, sp- supposed to be the most family thing in the world. So that's why they make him into this, like, uber dad. Yeah, uh, and there was never even... Um, 
from what I know, there was not really ever a romantic story. Like, when Christy Swanson was on. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, the previous season, there was, I think, a little bit of romance between them, but then it never went anywhere. So it was not even, like, a that kind of show, like a will-they-won't-they they kind of show, because, like, him and Marissa, the other, um, the only other main character on the series at this point, there was never a romance between them. And no. Well, that's because she's black. Well, yeah. And she's younger, too, right? How much younger is she than him? I have no she idea. Is? Oh, I thought she was much younger. I don't know. I can't tell his age. Like I'm saying, he looks like the perpetual dad. He looks like he could be 29, he could be 39. He's a like, dad he with can't... no children. Exactly. A dad with no children. He's just like a... I don't know. It's hard to explain, but he just looks very ambiguously aged. You could say... He was, was... a stockbroker? I'm sorry. I'm reading the, like, the synopsis of the show. Oh my god. Of course he was. But he looks like he could have started Friday Night Lights like the next day. Yeah. Like, that's how... He looks so much like regular Kyle Chandler. It's not like he's like a Kyle Chandler who's like baby-faced. I mean, he's a little baby-faced, but it's mostly because the makeup's not as good as Friday Night Lights, I'm assuming. But like, I think like... It's a lot more the closer to the Kyle Chandler of nowadays than you'd imagine a show from the mm-hmm. late 90s to be, so it's very jarring to be like, oh, like, I'm not gonna even have this guy date anyone, because he looks so good that you're like, why are you even watching this if he's not gonna date anybody? It's because I guess he solves newspaper <laughs> yeah. crime. Why would I want to so. watch four years of a show where Kyle Chandler does not make out with does people? Does not date anybody! <laughs> exactly! And he's Kyle, yeah. he's Kyle Only- Chandler, he's like... He looks like Kyle only, Chandler in, like, a big city, and he's single. He would be getting so much ass. Only Pax would have the hubris to put him on the air Come and on. not have him date anyone. That is such a Pax move to eventually start recurring that kind of thing. I mean, CBS at the time, I guess you could say, was a little older. It still is. But, like, Pax, especially, to make him, like, this become, like, a repetitive syndicated thing they, they air constantly... They really were like, yeah, I I feel like this vibe of him not ever dating anyone is going to be perfect for our channel. <laughs> because that's exactly what we want. We either want happy families or celibate good-looking men. <laughs> and that's exactly what he is. So, uh, it starts off, like we mentioned, obviously, the premise of the show. What's up? <laughs> I'm sorry that I keep, like, uh, interrupting because I'm, like, looking at the Wikipedia. Please, but, I like- know nothing of it anymore. It's been so long. Josh Alphabaum and Andre Nemec, I guess they became, they were, like, head writers or something of the yep. show during this thing. So, like, they also worked in martial law, which is what I was thinking Alias. of, too. Profiler. Yeah. Uh, they worked on She Spies, which is actually terrific, by the way. Uh, Fastlane, then Alias, October Road, Life on Mars, Happy Town, uh, and, of course, uh, they... Go ahead. They wrote Ghost Protes. And uh, Jeff, oh, I love Jeff Ghost Pinkner Protocol. also wrote for this show, who went on to write for Alias and Fringe. So... Exactly. Like, all they needed was JJ to save them from this, like, life of CBS yeah. paxiness, honestly. And like, honestly, I think they actually have, like, vibes of that in the other shows that they eventually did, to yeah. be yeah, honest. Because it's like, once they got to, from She Spies, which was actually first run syndication, but was really fun, like, they, that's when they make the transition, I'd say, because then it's fast lane after that, then Alias, and it's, like, smooth sailing, really. And I didn't, I didn't, I totally forgot that this was set in Chicago as well. Like, this is very, like, it would, felt... It seems small town, right? Yeah, it very, it feels very small town. And then all of a sudden he's, like, going to the L in the beginning of the episode. I'm like, whoa. So it's very, it's a very, like, weirdly high concept show for it to be so, like, small town vibe. Because... It's very high concept, but so low key. It's right, like, exactly. It's like the anti-person of interest. Yeah. Like, person yes. of interest is, like, a more advanced concept of this, like... 
there's a computer that spits out numbers and you have to, you know, find the people and stop the mm-hmm. thing and whatever. And now we we breezed over the gist of the, the premise of the show, but in case you didn't get what we were saying from the <laughs> he intro, the he gets the newspaper, newspaper from tomorrow <laughs> and then goes through and solves those crimes. Like, it kind of implies that right from the, the intro, but I want to make sure it's clear because that's a huge plot point for this episode where he reads the paper looking for, uh, you know, clues about whatever the, the hell the, is going on with this curse. And, of course, he goes to, I guess, I don't know where he's going. He just gets in, he gets in, gets on the L. There's no real reason why no, he's... No, no, because the headline is somebody uh, fell in front of a train or... Yeah, like, they get hit by a, so a he's damn going, train. Yeah, so he's going to stop oh, this, like, okay, teenager from getting I hit that by part. the train. So the, and that's, like, yeah. The struggle is sometimes that it's so reliant on you sitting there and watching, like, newspaper clipping. You have to read like, what newspaper. he's reading. Like, yeah, and why? it's a little difficult sometimes because it's very quick, and if you miss it the first time, you're, it's never mentioned again. He's just doing that now. <laughs> like, you need yeah, to know. Yeah, because he even, he just, like, they show you that. They don't really talk about it. They just show you, like, the headline. and it, But Marissa talks about, oh, look, the curse is nothing. This Irish girl won the lottery. Mm-hmm. But, like, so. why wouldn't he believe in the curse? He gets tomorrow's right. paper today. I know. That's what I brought up earlier. I didn't want to spoil the premise too quickly, but, like, if you're getting the newspaper from tomorrow, you should probably be at least, like, open to the idea of curses and leprechauns or whatever you want to call it. Like, he is so shocked by the curse from the word one, and it becomes nothing but, like, this annoying little, like, oh, it, this is not a big deal for him for at least the first half of the episode. So, as I said, Marissa mentions to him that... Like, the curse is no big deal. Shoots Chekhov's gun. This Irish woman won the lottery, see? And, like, no one would put Irish woman in the newspaper. It would just be woman wins the lottery. But they put Irish woman for a reason, we'll find out. And, uh, first of all, she said that out loud to him, and he read the newspaper. He reads it cover to cover every day. That's part of every episode. I remember that. So, he's definitely read that story. He's definitely... Newspaper propaganda this whole show. (laughs) And Marissa telling him, Irish woman, he should have that information stuck in his head. He immediately goes off to try and help the guy who's getting, apparently, get hit by the train. So, he's in a rush. He goes to the L station and is trying to get onto one of the trains, and he realizes he forgot his wallet. And so he literally bum rushes people for money, and then at one point basically steals money from this random woman. Right out of her to hand, too. Takes it from a dollar from her hand. First of all, a dollar is not going to be the fair, but whatever. And he just takes a dollar out of her hand and, like, runs off. And it was just like, he's like, if you need this bag, come get me at McGinty's bar. And... The woman speaks to him as he takes it. I listened to it. I actually played it back because I knew immediately, like, this is dumb because she's got an Irish accent. Right. How often are you hearing Irish accents that when you hear someone who's Irish buying a lottery ticket, you're not like, maybe this is the girl who just got heard about in the paper. None of that registers. He doesn't notice it at all. He doesn't even Hey, he has a leprechaun friend. He does have a leprechaun friend. Really? <laughs> God damn it. My God. But, uh, <laughs> so he, he says, also, okay, this is, I mean, kind of side derailment, I guess, but I'm really confused here because he also says if something's going to happen, it happens, and then there's time travel. I almost wonder if Interstellar was based on this episode. <laughs> like, <laughs> he literally talks about trying to go back and write the things in time. I'm like, you can't time travel. You can only see it in the future. So it's like a one-way street. It's kind of... I, 
deeply, weirdly close to what the plot of that movie was. But anyway, so <laughs> the Irish woman uh, is supposed to win the lottery. She now does not because he takes her money. She can't that buy the ticket. That was her last dollar. Her last dollar. How do you... Uh, you're so many... How does she have money? I don't know what she... <laughs> I have a lot of questions because how did she get to that specific point at an L-like st- stop to buy that ticket and only have one single dollar left. Like, that just seems... It should be, like, around the corner from where she's staying. Because if that... How are you going to get back home? Uh, there's a lot of questions. Like, is she going to walk all the way back? I don't know if she's, like, right near where she lives. But regardless... Do you believe in fate? I don't know, but she only had the one single dollar left. She was to be there. Yeah. And so she's got that one dollar left. She is now... And then we should... I also should mention, if you've never seen Good Luck Charlie, it's the mom from Good Luck Charlie... Anyone who's ever babysat oh. anybody? See, I've never seen that. I was going, it's actually Will and Grace's, uh, yes, one of their straight her. friends, the one who's always oh, pregnant. Yeah. Yes, yeah. the one who's always pregnant, and she's also on Charmed for a little while. She's been in a lot of things, like, recurring, but I, I know but her she's as she's American. Mom. That's Very the important American. thing. Surprise, not she's actually from, Irish. Yeah, she's from Kentucky, I, I yeah. looked it up. Yeah, yeah. And it, on, like, most shows, she's a very, like, you know... I wouldn't say ditzy, but she just plays it up like, like oh, like well-meaning, but like goofy. But on here, she's just like kind of mean the whole time. It's very on and okay, weird. no, because we will get to that later. Because she is a dumbass on this show too. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. Like she's oh, dumbass. Well, true, that's very true. But yeah. so she, so he just stole her lottery ticket, like practically from her hand, just stole, and she had won a million dollars. That's like. A lot of money for him to just, like, take. And then, like, there's some moral ambiguity there. Like, is that person's life worth her a million dollars? I guess it was. But, like... Her entire garbage life. Yeah, I know. And it's just... It's just... It's very dark. And so he, uh... He steals that from her. She now has no money left. And it was awkward because she just shares it with the shop clerk immediately. Like, do you have another dollar, ma'am? First of all, she could have said, give me my money back. And they probably would have. He's a nice enough guy. He probably would have given it back. Why didn't she put up any fight? She just kind of lets him take it and walk away. Well, as we learned, she's a crazy person. Yeah, that's true. He decided decided the bigger crime or the lesser crime was taking her dollar than jumping the turnstile, the train station. There were so many other people there, though. Yeah, why would he just jump the turnstile? That's what I was actually thinking. I'm like, yeah. just jump the Like, you're turnstile. there to save a life. Just forget about it. Just When you save the life, then people will be like, it's okay, you jump the turnstile. Yeah, I think in people fact, in the station will be like, good job, we'll cover the fare. Plus, I like, also think, like, if you're going to talk legitimate, like, criminal behavior, you're going to get a lot less time or, or fines for jumping a turnstile than you would for stealing a, a dollar from someone. I mean, it's it seems like... It's arbitrary because it's a dollar, but he still kind of stole it from her, so it's theft, and I think that's a lot more... She, she could be litigious enough to try and take him to court for that versus jumping a turnstile is just going to get you a fine, I'm sure. Or, like, a, you know, maybe, like, a, a penalty. Or, I don't even know. So, regardless, he decides instead of jumping a turnstile, he steals a dollar from a random woman who's just, like, buying a lottery ticket. That, obviously, the chain reaction there is that now she loses the lottery, um, the INS then comes for her. There's, I have so many questions. <laughs> the INS, I just want to say how all those scenes between the INS guy and, the, and her landlord look like they're about to have an, a very awkward porn situation happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the landlord is this, well, we should say slumlord. He's definitely a slumlord. Yeah, and, and he, like, keeps, like, popping out. Like, is he just, like, sitting at his, his, uh... 
uh, front door and just, like, waiting for people to walk by in the hallway. He's because just listening <laughs> for footsteps and, like, hey, what? I mean, like, yeah. he he literally, like, every time someone walks sort of near his door, it pops open, he, like, swings out, and, like, Mr. Roper, he's just like, hey, guys, what's up? And then it's, like, creeped out, and the, the INS guy who comes to see her at first is, like, banging on the door, and he's like, what are you trying to do? And, and she's just <laughs> like, hey, um... Or he, he says to her, like, she's not, a, like, we don't let anybody here who's illegal, because she's an immigrant. She's Irish, obviously, if you haven't heard that by now. <laughs> We're not just saying she's Irish, like, she didn't she's hear Irish her Catholic leprechaun like voice. She's Irish Catholic, like, my grandma, and she's, like, from off a boat. So, she's got, like, the accent. She, well, again, heavy quotations on the accent. She has an accent. Yeah, she has accent. Sure. But, uh, <laughs> so she's got the accent, and she has nowhere to stay. And she finds out that the INS guy is looking for her, so she can't... I don't know if she just doesn't go back to her room. I guess she... Why, why does that even happen? She just goes and overhears him being there? I don't I don't really remember that scene, because know. somehow it ends with her she sleeping outside. She ends up at the bus stop. Yeah. Why does that happen if she's still renting a room? Well, I don't know. I guess she she's just, trying to stay clear it's of so, it. It's so that we could see the very important Judging Amy bus ad as it, the bus Oh, I didn't back. even see that. You I amazing. loved it. How did you not like, see the judging Amy? Oh, it was so I don't huge. judge Amy. Judging That's Amy. Why. <laughs> but, uh, so... She, Amy she, Brenneman's which, face just driving oh by. Oh, God. It's ridiculous and amazing. <laughs> cross Yeah, I have no idea why she actually sleeps at the bus stop. I know! It's, I'm really trying to think about it's it! It's so she can see the guy's newspaper. Well, that's morning, obviously the real reason. But, like, she had already... She has no money. She's destitute. She Her last dollar was stolen by Kyle Chandler. She should probably consider, like, using up the last remaining day she has, maybe two or three days of the month or whatever, if it's the 7th, I guess it's May, I don't even know when it's supposed to be, but if it's supposed to be the 17th, you could say that she's got, like, a week and a half left at the place she rented for the month, unless it's by the night, I don't even know, but, like, she should go back to her room, she's paid some yeah, money she, like, for it. Yeah, like, find the back way, like... There's a fire entrance, right? I mean, no, that's a different place, but, like... Yeah. I feel like there must be a fire it's escape. All, it's Chicago. It's all plot contrivance once you know the ending of the show and right. what the whole INS oh, is. Oh, yeah. We're it, being very just, finicky about stuff that they don't even think about. It's just right total this. plot contrivance just to keep her so, away from that guy until the very, very end. And probably just to prove that she's, like, shit out of luck is that, like, she's actually sleeping on a park bench. Like, yeah. that's how she's come to. And so we have this, like, nice gentleman sits down, like, are you okay, ma'am? And she's been asleep on a park bench in the cold. <laughs> yeah. Like, why is that your go-to? Why wouldn't you try and get back in? It was a, wasn't it, it was a bus bench, a too. Bus like, bench. she could have been attacked. Yes. Like, if this, and she's wearing a winter if coat. If this it's were the March. CBS it's of cold. now, she would have been murdered at that bus stop. Am like, I wrong in remembering there was snow? Or no? no. There was snow. There oh was my snow. god. So, was like, there? why is she sleeping on a bench in the snow when she has a place she's rented? Like... I get the INS. I mean, honestly, at that point, just get deported. You'd probably be better off. But she's just obsessed with this I just guy. Thought, we'll be later. I thought Irish people don't feel cold. But well, that's that's because well, they're also drunk. True. Apparently, <laughs> they're drunk and they're from the bitter uh, northern. Well, it's not really cold there, though. It's just windy. But I guess that's where she's feeling at home. So she's been sleeping on this bus bench. This guy comes up, sits next to her. 
is like Fane's concerned for a minute, like, are you okay, ma'am? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. And she sits up and he just sits down and starts reading the paper. Like he didn't care at all that she was there and just asleep on there. Cause I guess she's sort of, she seemed pretty chill. Yeah, she did. She seemed like she just fell asleep, but she wasn't sleeping like sitting up. She was sleeping like on her side. So it was not a safe place to be sleeping just because noise wise, why hadn't she woken up before then? That seems crazy. <laughs> it's a bus bench. But so he's reading the paper. And then of course, in the bottom right hand corner, as all newspapers do, they very blindly uh, put out in very bold letters the not lottery numbers, which of course are the numbers that she was going to pick yesterday. And so she's like furious, rightfully so, that she was going to buy that ticket and she was the money was stolen. So she would have been a millionaire. Although I have major questions about would she have been able to collect that money because she's an illegal immigrant? Exactly. <laughs> I'm really, I, I'm really curious. I think you can. Has no brain. I think you because that's. There's, like, been issues with lottery winners that were, like, illegal immigrants and stuff. So, yeah. Really? I don't, I don't have any actual knowledge to back it up. But I just remember. I mean, I, I wonder. If only because, I mean, I thought that the lottery was from taxes, right? Or yeah, something, I think or that's no? the issue is whether you have to pay taxes or not. So. Yeah. I don't know. But regardless of that, so she's she sees this number. She freaking goes rage, like, anger. She goes running over to, um, I don't know. She, does she go? She goes to the, yeah, she I mean, goes, I remember. Like, Okay, she goes to the bar first, and she confronts uh, Kyle Chandler, and I also, I mean, this point was where my notes, I was just like, how could he have heard her accent and not considered, I mean, I brought it up earlier, but I just still, it baffles me that he would have stolen, or stolen the money from someone buying a lottery ticket, specifically, and she was, was Irish and a it. woman. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, too, I mean, wouldn't you just be like, let's just not risk it. Like, even if it isn't her, I get why that. risk it? There's, like, 300 other people at the L station. Moment, I get in the that. moment, you might be like, I gotta go save this other person from being hit by a train, and you're not thinking, but as soon as exactly. you save the kid from being hit by the train, then you're like, wait a minute, shit. Like, I just stole a dollar from an Irish woman who was about to hit the lottery. Yeah, and so he never it never puts two and two together. Then she shows up at his door, and he, like, starts pulling out money. I think he was going to give her a ten, though, right? He gave her so a at least ten, was, yeah. <laughs> at least he was trying to return the, the it was a nice ROI. But, uh, so he hands that over to her, and she starts, like, I, is she upset about it? I don't oh, even yeah. remember anymore. She says, yeah, because she, she says, wants the great. rest of the money she... she She's like, this is great. Give me nine hundred thousand more of these, and we'll be even. So. And doesn't she cry at some point? I or no? I don't think so. I think she does because I think he says, "Don't do that." <laughs> it was really weird. Like he says, "Don't do that." I think she gets upset. I do and know like, well, that we'll she figure it out. She tells him that her lottery numbers are always five because she has five brothers, and then the age and then of, their ages, the ages of the brothers. So I went back because I had to know. I had to look at yes. the lottery numbers. And they're all, all her brothers are supposedly in their 20s. So it was like 25, 29, 24, 23, 27, something like that. And I'm like, okay, first off, the likelihood of the winning lottery numbers being 1, 5, and 5 numbers in their 20s, no. (laughs) Is she changing that lottery number every year then? (laughs) Like, that's such a complicated way of playing the lottery. Oh, it was so bizarre. She spent her last dollar, was planning on spending her last dollar. She's not bright. So, so they, he, he yells, like, kind of yells at her, like, don't cry, don't do this, it's fine. And he takes her back to her place, because he's just gonna help her. He's like, I'll do, I guess he's I'll just help like, you her out. A job. He's like, I'll help you out, whatever you need. And so, like, he buys her groceries and takes them back to her apartment. Oh, it was yeah. groceries, okay. I thought, I, I mean, I wasn't even really paying attention at that point. I was just, like, sitting there thinking, why didn't you jump the turnstile? 
whole episode. But so he's just like, of course, Kyle Chandler. He's the kind of person who holds both like you know brown bag groceries in both hands and arms while she's teaching him about the INS because this episode's all about learning what the INS does. Although. I mean, it's a really tricky, uh, I will wait for that, but it's a very poorly delivered message in every way. Yeah, it really is. So, he's carrying her groceries up, and they walk in, uh, although I think even as they're doing that, the creepy landlord again, like, jumps out and says, hey, what's Mm up? Yeah, because, like, he watched Rear Window and, like, got the wrong message, and he's like, I'll do that, but with my front door and always popping out whenever a cinema Exactly. But his legs are cool. So he mm-hmm. is just sort of like, hey, like, what's your what's your deal? Like, this, this INS guy came by and she's like, oh, it's fine. Nothing. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And so she's going to get a job with him or something or going to get help from Kyle Chandler. But in the meantime, she opens her door and her brother Kieran is there and immediately punches Kyle Chandler out <laughs> like cold. He might as well be named Seamus <laughs> O'Seamus. This yeah, guy. it's so it's so bad, too. And he... Ah, oh, man. And so he... <laughs> and again, this is the point where I really did... Like, her accent on its own was not great, but it's a lot harder to notice unless you have her playing off another Irish person and, like, their accents are all over the place. It was like watching a game of Pong. Also, her brothers, and- <laughs> her brothers that are supposed to be in their 20s, that guy is 40. Oh, easy. <laughs> like, late 30s 40, for yeah. sure. And so he's, he's, like, you know, got the real thick, thick, thick Irish accent. He immediately punches Kyle Chandler out. He's immediately shown to be a psycho. The whole point is, you know, Irish people are angry, drunk, drunk psychos. And, even, her uh, apart- <laughs> even her apartment is green, which I thought was kind of funny. Oh, I didn't even yeah. notice that, but no. no. <laughs> That's upsetting. And so he he is introduced to Kyle Chandler. And instead of saying, like, this is my boss or something, or any other, like, why... Oh, whatever. So well, he assumes this is Nigel, yeah, by the way. Nigel. It's Nigel. Yes, yeah, Nigel. We were introduced to him assuming that Kyle Chandler is, in Kieran's mind, Nigel, quotation marks. And then she says, of course it's not Nigel. This is the man I'm going to marry. <laughs> it's just like, well, why is that your go-to? Well, brother, just say so you're dating him. Her brother him. is mad because she th- he thinks she's dating an Englishman. Because apparently this is 1900 Irish-English relations. Of course, Dan. In many it's like ways. He, he's fucking angelic. <laughs> and that is exactly the vibe. I feel like this dude watched like only the first or the first two seasons of Buffy and was like, "Yep, that's what I'm gonna go for." That exact like demo of being like an angry David Boreanaz is his. He's got the same haircut title. in season two. It's the whole thing, and he's just very <laughs> gravelly and. Like, By the way, I just looked up how old the actor this actor was in during this episode. He was thirty nine. You you were right, Lisa. See, nailed I pretty that. much nailed it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so so he he is automatically now like obsessed with it, which is okay. There's so many things I have wrong with this because I mean, on a misogyny level, it's weird because like the brother is now controlling to the point where all he wants is her to get a husband, and like. Secondly, again, why is she automatically lying that it's her husband or future husband? Just say that she either already married him. Just say that you're just dating. Just say, say that it's he's your, your boss. boss. Say it's your friend. <laughs> say it's your coworker. Say it's your landlord. Say it's anybody. Instead, he literally just she just says he's the man I'm gonna marry. And so instead of saying no, I'm not, they just decide to go on with the ruse. 
So he's now going to pretend to be her fiance. This is the last episode of this television show. I, I <laughs> what a, oh, my God. It can't be said enough. It really, it really <laughs> matters because this last episode, should, oh, I mean, like you're saying, it was ruled out of order, but like for it to be aired out of order like this, it's just bonkers because the whole premise of the show is completely irrelevant because none of the, not, this episode has almost no, like, yeah, of course she gets the, the, the lottery and yeah, of course we get some saving lives later, but for the most part, compared to other episodes, the paper bit is completely irrelevant. Like, he doesn't even do that in this whole episode. It's all about her matchmaking with him and Oh, fucking hell. So stupid mom. So they go back to the bar, and they're having a drink. Oh, yeah. The the brother's really excited he owns a bar. Really? Oh, yeah. Of course, at first, he's, like, not really into it, because he's a yank. Oh, God. My God. I still can't handle it. But, yeah, as soon as he finds out he owns a bar, he's A pub. He's like, now, what kind of pub is this? This is, like, that whole scene in her apartment with her brother is when I just... (laughs) <laughs> All of my responses were, this is so stupid, this is so bad. It is so... It, it, it is... I don't even know. So they go back to the bar, they're drinking beer, he's drinking beer by the glass, he's like going down a whole glass at a time, and Cal <laughs> <Kyle> Chandler, <laughs> celibate dad, is just staring at him like like that classic Kyle like, Chandler, like, I, did I do something wrong, is Connie Britton gonna hit me look? Where he just like... <laughs> He's scared of this guy because he's drinking a lot of beer. That's literally well, his, the vibe. Is I'm I would scared be of him. Scared of him too because when he goes to toast, he says, and I quote, "I've always prefer- preferred the company of horses to women." Yes, yes. <laughs> I was about to bring that up. That's the next one, and he says, "Why?" And he's like, "At least you know with a horse, it'll kick you in the head." Yeah, he says, "You know, you never know what either one are thinking, but at least you know the horse will kick you in the head." Well, I want this silence to, like, I don't... What does that even mean? Is that, like, I don't... I'm Irish Catholic, like I said. I've never heard that in a million years. If that's, like, some, like, weird, like, folk thing, I've never heard of it. I don't, it's an insult to both horses and women, I think. Right! And also, horses can kick you anywhere, asshole! <laughs> Why is he assuming they're gonna kick him in the head? I don't think that's... Is that, like, common practice that horses only kick people in the head? I think he's had a few kicks to the head, and that's what he, he is the way them. he is. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I just think horses definitely kick other places, as do women. <laughs> so why are you pigeonholing either one? But then, of course, we get tons of... Uh, one of many slanches throughout the episode, which is just... Oh, my God. It's so heavy-handed on the Irishness. It's... Uh, so I felt legitimately just <laughs> bad for you, Maura. I mean, like, I'm, I'm Irish. I don't want to, I, I don't appropriate any kind of, I'm not, like, Irish like this, because they're, like, Irish, well, allegedly Irish right off the boat. But, like, I have had people in my family with brogues and stuff, and this is just not, I mean, they're going to say slancha at, like, a wedding, but you don't say slancha, like, every five seconds like this episode does, but whatever. I, it's supposed, that's a, that's a, it's like a toast, it's like a nice, I don't know, whatever. So, they, they're now on the, on the look for, for Nigel, because she's the real, real okay. moneymaker here, she doesn't care about the million dollars, she cares about Nigel. And, and <sighs> the moment she tells the story, I'm like, you're a stalker, aren't you? Well, she explains <laughs> that she is going to go out and find him. And she describes him as an aquacultural engineer? Or am I wrong? Yeah. No, I think it was aquacultural. I listened. I listened to it like eight times. Oh, I just I just wrote that he's a fish genius. That's what I got out of it. That's what she. That's what she subtitles it as. But I don't know if I was wrong with engineer. She says something else. If it wasn't engineer, it was something similar to that. But she definitely says aquacultural 
engineer or something like it. So basically, he's in charge of finding fish that are like good to breed, or I don't even know. And he he went and ventured over to Ireland to find a certain type of fish. And she really great trout. That's really great trout. My God. And so she was assigned to take him to the rivers. Like, love at first sight, she took him to a fish-filled river, and he was, like, probably, like, grasping fish. He at one point says, like, you're the prettiest Irish woman I've ever met. Love at first sight. And so, they, she is now in love with him, and she's, she knew about him, like, a couple, like, a year ago, I guess, or something, and she came here to America to find him. Yeah, she says her brother sent him away. Because he was a yank. And so, they're... It's rough, but essentially you find out that she's trying to find him, but she has no information about where he is, which makes zero sense, because this is it's, not, like, 1975, it's 2000. She's doing a terrible job of finding him. She knows his name! Use a fucking phone book! She said she, he wasn't listed. Oh, but that's, come on, there must be some other way. Call- Yeah, it's ridiculous. Come I don't know, I feel like that's just- I feel like she did not give that her 100% before she assumed that. Like she No, I feel like she gave it her 100%. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anybody else's 22%. But um <laughs> so she she's now like super interested in finding him, but that kind of takes a back burner because at first we want Kyle Chandler to bond with her creepy brother Kieran and he has to go save some more lives and it's really upsetting because, like, I mean, it's cheesy, but the point of the show is he's supposed to be saving lives, and this whole episode, Kieran is, like, trying to stop him from doing that? Because, like, Kieran is this weirdo who, like, wants to, like, control everywhere that Kyle Chandler goes for some reason, but I don't know why. It's not, like, even, like, it's a misogyny thing. It's just, like, it's him just, being- Apparently it's an Iris thing, according psycho. to his episode of television. I don't know. I mean, her, at least, it makes sense because, you. I mean, you would assume that he's just in control of, like- like, I want to make sure my little sister's watched after. It's not good, but, like, it makes a little more sense. But Kyle Chandler, it's like, what, is he afraid he's going to run off or something? I don't know. So they, he goes off to try and save a life. It's a widow a wheelchair, a wheelchair widow, of course. Which I... It's... Okay, it's in the newspaper. The headline refers to her as wheelchair widow. Wheelchair widow. These are the worst newspapers in the entire world. I, well, I mean, they need to be direct, Latoya, because otherwise we'd have this, to read, like, this is page why, after This is page. why print journalism is dead. Because of this show specifically, <laughs> the show killed print journalism. But um, so she, so she is off on her own. They're off trying to save this wheelchair widow. Of course, Kieran is not having Kyle Chandler reading the newspaper. He makes jokes like, "You like dipping your nose in that paper," and then Kyle Chandler awkwardly says back, "Like I like to read," <laughs> and it's just like. It's so sad, and it's just, like, it, it, why is this show defending its core premise in its final episode? I don't know, but it did. And so, they're off trying to save this widow. Somehow, alright, th- many things go wrong here. Again, it's like a Rube it's, Goldberg it's machine. It's the Rube Goldberg final destination. Yeah, and so, they're they're running to the church where she dies, according to the article he gets in the future newspaper. Uh, so they're running there. He tries to go run across the street. Kieran, like, stops him, like, pulls him aside. And he's like, fuck off, buddy. I'm trying to save a life. And so he goes running across the street as the guy pushing the widow alone all the way down the street. Like, it wasn't like they pulled the widow up in a wheelchair right to the front, like, walkway where they should have her. Because several things here. She's the widow. I'm assuming the widow of the person who died. 
Yes. So they should have her there inside already, but instead they're like, oh, there's tons of people congregating. This bitch has to make an appearance, apparently. <laughs> yeah. And secondly, he's, like, pushing her down an entire block before they even get to the church. Like, he, they should be pulled up right in front of the church. She's in a wheelchair. That's an accessibility issue that Chicago would probably get fined for if it wasn't doing properly. <laughs> but anyway, so he's pushing her down the street. He trips. She goes flying. And fl- and instead of, like, her being able to stop it, because there must be some kind of a break on her end where she could just grab something. She looks like she's just a mannequin in a black dress and a veil. It's, it's like that scene from <laughs> Mac and Me. <laughs> she's plummeting down the side of the... into the lake. But, uh, so, uh, she goes flying. It looks almost like he projectile pushes her into the street, practically. But this kid trips, falls. She goes flying into the street. There's a beer distributor, like, uh, a truck that, I mean... Okay. It's coming towards her, and it's worried that it's going to hit her, so it tries to, like, hit its brakes. But I have questions, because immediately after it tries to swerve, Kyle Chandler, of course, saves her, pushes her out of the way. As it's doing that, though, it's trying to stop its brakes, and then a keg falls out, and these kegs are rolling everywhere in this episode. I mean, it's Chicago, and everyone's Irish. (laughs) Yes. So. But, like, the truck's side was, like, open. How else would a keg get out, right? Death. Am I wrong? In- it's final destination. It's Death so, came and unlocked that truck. That's all. And so the truck is literally driving down the street. And I want to describe this. Have you ever seen, like, a Coca-Cola truck that has, like, those huge, like, like um, shutter side doors, which are, like, like, red? or It's sort of like that, but it's, like, metal and it's for beer. And so, like, one of them is just open. Like, gaping open as if it was just, like, he was driving down the street with an open unsecured side when there's kegs in your... It's not even like they're, like, something light, like, like there's, I don't know, newspapers, for fuck's sake. <laughs> but, like, he's delivering kegs. Like, those things should be secure as hell. And instead, he's just got, like, a door wide open, and he swerves a little bit, and it, it, it goes out as if someone tossed a ball. The keg goes flying, and then it goes paralleling towards a priest who's on his way, I guess, to, to you know, do the mass, I'd imagine. And, of course, Kyle Chandler, not to be outdone by saving a widow, runs off and then also tackles the father out of the way of both a keg and another car. But I feel like that was an editing decision because the car, like, swerves at the last minute. And you never even saw the car coming at first. So it felt like very, like, oops. It was like, again, Final Destination. Everything was trying to kill him. It's like death was, like, on its way to grab him. And instead, uh, Kyle Chandler saves both of them. Of course, now... You know, Kieran, being Irish Catholic in the literal sense, is now absolutely—he's he's a saint. He's absolutely yeah, he's, like that. That's like he sa- that he saved very a true widow, form, a though. priest, and a beer truck. He's a saint. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a very Irish thing. I feel like to be like abs- that's the only ex- explanation is that he's literally a saint. And so Kieran is now fully on Team Kyle Chandler, as everyone should be. And uh, they go back to uh, the bar, and he's just like you know singing his praises and. Instead of just, you know, wanting them to get married now, he's now, like, obsessed with getting them married, and it's, it takes a weird turn, right? Am I wrong in thinking oh, that? Like, yeah. he becomes, like, obsessed with it. Because like, Kate, it's, 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 the Irish girl, is like, it's gonna take forever, don't worry about it, because of all the premarital counseling and blah, 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 and then the brother's like, oh, well, the priest said, because you saved his life, he'll do it right away, forget the counseling. There's no way any priest in Chicago is going to wave Precana for somebody just because he tackled somebody. I don't know. It just seems ridiculous. So, Precana normally is like, if you've ever seen that John Krasinski, Robin Williams movie, Mandy Moore God. movie, it's like a bunch of 
I mean, it's not as insane as that movie makes it out to be, License to Wed, but it's basically a bunch of stuff, hoops you have to jump through in order to prove that you're a Catholic and deserve to be married in church. And that usually does take, like, especially if he's not a traditional Catholic person and wasn't baptized, it takes a little bit. Like, you have to really prove that you're, you know, willing to commit to the church. And that would, she she describes it as six months. I mean, it's a busy city, probably around six months. I'd buy that. And instead, now it's just being waived, like, by the archdiocese, I guess, or just, like, super into the idea of just letting somebody in because he saves... That seemed very hinky, but whatever. Plot points aside, that's just the reason they're moving along. He is now able to get them married that week, which, I mean, I'm all about, like, the idea of it being funny that he's, like, obsessed with getting them married, but, like... Who wants to get married in a week? You want to wait and plan it anyway, right? Like, that still seems, like, too sudden. Like, you might want to move it up and, and get that dismissed, but it would still be, like, a, a three or four-month wait for even a short... That's a short engagement. Three to four months is a short engagement. The answer is he's terrible. Yes. Yeah, these and people so are he's crazy. He's now like, let's get them married. legitimately crazy. Let's get them married ASAP. And, and then, of course, there's a terrible scene, which makes zero sense following that up, where he walks in to a room where Kyle Chandler's having a discussion with the girl and he just says, give me your credit card. And then Kyle Chandler's like, what? Why do you need my credit card? And then the girl's just like, give him your credit card. Like, why are we wasting our time with it? Just give him your credit card. No! (laughs) I don't understand that at all. In fact, I actually thought, like, at that point I was like, are they conning him? Has this been a long con? Because no, don't be so stupid. It felt malicious. It felt like a totally malicious thing to do. Well, yeah, because then he goes and gets 14 first-class tickets for that night. Like, Because they didn't yeah, have any coach. For the family to come there for the wedding. 14 first-class tickets from Ireland last minute. That's a good $30,000, even 15 years ago. Hey, Lisa, great aunt Mary Louise is coming. <laughs> they gotta fucking roll out the red carpet. But, so, I mean, like, I mean, I don't know the math on that, but 14 first-class tickets from Ireland is probably, like, thousands of dollars. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I said, that's at least $30,000 in plane tickets, because it's last minute, and it's first-class. So, it's thirty to 45000 I would say. And this guy just owns a bar. How does he have the credit limit? He used to be a stockbroker, remember this. Oh, right. But still, that's a high credit limit for anybody. That should be... I don't know. It seems like a, a kind of a bank transaction. What if he has a black card? <laughs> oh! I didn't look. It might have been. We should go back and look. It's American <laughs> Express. Oh, my God. So, I bet... I mean, there, there must be some... I mean, even though there should be some kind of, like, you know... I guess I can't really validate it if it's over the phone. But he just, like, somehow is able to book 14 first-class tickets from Ireland. No prob. And they all come zooming over from Ireland, zero notice. Like, there are people in... I don't know how you can get to an airport and do all that within a day. That's still That's too That's what soon. I thought was crazy, too, because it's, like, a seven-hour flight, at least. Seven, eight hours from Chicago to Ireland. That's Well, crazy. they get there at 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. So, <laughs> Gary, Kyle Chandler's mother, um, calls and finds out about it in the meantime. And she's... First of all, she's shocked. Well, she, but then she's like also kind of into it. Let's it's, get like uh, it's because Kyle Chandler has now left because they saw a headline about trout, <laughs> so they're going to go find Nigel. So Kyle Chandler leaves, and then um, Henry Gibson quickly answers the phone, which is a line he says, "McGinty's Pub," and don't ask for McGinty because I don't know who he is. And then he tells 
Kyle Chandler's God mom. Damn it. <laughs> the, oh yeah, he's you know getting ready to get married. And there you go. Why is he answering the phone? I don't know. Because no, I, so many questions. I'm like, is it, wouldn't that be Marissa's job? She's there. I mean, she's barely in this episode, but she's there. So why wouldn't she be answering? Final the episode. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she actually made. She would made the right decision here. <laughs> she was like, "Fuck this shit, guys. I'm leaving." Fuck these crazy Irish but... people. I gotta get out of here. Yeah. Oh my god. So he answers the phone for, I guess, for Kyle Chandler or for Marissa. Although, I mean, really, she, the mom of the guy who owns the place should know who the hell are you. She should probably know who his only... He only has one employee. He'd probably be like, who is this? And uh, he's just like, it's Quigley. Give your son my best. Tell him he's doing good. And she's just like, what? And then we get the ridiculous like scene of them literally going to a grad school to try and find this guy. And like... If you figure out where he works, you can find out where he lives. Like, that doesn't take that much effort. Why did you go all the way there? Just do it. You should call them. Ask them for his information instead of going all the way downtown. Instead, they just do it anyway. And there's a hilarious scene where a grad student's like, I'm just a grad student. They don't tell me anything. (laughs) It sucks so bad. And they basically get knocked around and find nothing else about him. So, she decides to stay at Gary's place in the meantime because she gets kicked out of her uh, her apartment because the guy is basically extorting night, yeah. her for money. Which is where... He's I mean, a slumlord. Yeah, he was already kind of a slumlord just by the way he was acting, but now we know for sure he's just trying to extort her. And she can't really do much about it because she's the INS. So, uh, of course, <laughs> there's... There's a, I will say there's a pretty funny scene. It's, it's dumb, but it's a simple gag where she's sleeping in his bed and they pull out and you think it's him sleeping on the couch, but it's the brother. And then you have Kyle Chandler fucking like celibate dad sitting up on a chair. I think a chair that reclines, but he's sitting up on it. And he, it, it just looks so uncomfortable. He's sitting up straight asleep. Like it was just sad. And then uh, there's some great cat acting or cacting in the beginning. <laughs> You just said cacting. I know. I wrote it down to it. But like, <laughs> just so you cat, know that wasn't the off the was cuff like a, or anything. <laughs> oh, for sure. I wanted you to know I came, I came prepared, it. guys. But like, the cat, the cat there, it's weird because the cat is like, I think it's like a running the thing on the show. The, the cat is magic and also technically a series yeah. regular. <laughs> okay, that's what it is. I knew there was some reason. But there's the cat, like, it's so lovingly shot. Like, it's such a... It's not like a cat, like, actually does anything. It just sort of just meanders around. It's not like a Salem, like a talking cat or something. But, like, the the camera, like, shoots it as if it is another character on the show. And, like, I'm not talking, like, it shoots it and then goes away. It literally, the like... The cat is who delivers the paper. Right, right. But, like, the cat... The, the camera is following the cat around for like a solid thirty to forty seconds. Like the cat's zero, doing anything. Yes, yeah, zero meow. lines. It just is like following the cat, meowing around. And I guess you're supposed to see like it's probably trying to say something or it's like delivering the paper. But like it just seems so weirdly separate from the rest of the episode where it's like all this like loud noise loud this loud everyone like accents blah blah and then there's just a cat with zero <laughs> lines of dialogue for like almost a minute of just the cat it's great and so then we of course hear all the three around. different cats played the cat by the way <laughs> they really panther pella and carl rip uh so they they go downstairs <laughs> And there's, like, Irish people screaming, basically, at 6.30 in the morning. Somehow they all got into the bar. I guess we could blame Quigley, because he slept there and let them in. But 
it's it's a weird scene because it really does feel like something that's happening like in the middle of the night and instead it's happening like at 6.30 in the morning and they're all he of course uh, Kyle Chandler comes down he's offered drinks from his own bar tab which they're all drinking like that's a lot of money I don't know why these people are just so they're because also, they're Irish but that's so, it's so arrogant like I understand the idea of like Irish being boisterous people but like honestly I mean I mean if you want to get real and literally cultural about it most people who do that kind of stuff are bringing the beer. They're not just like stealing beer from people. Like you, it's like any kind of party. You bring mm-hmm. it and then you get rowdy. You don't just steal it. You don't take credit cards from people. Like it just seems very like malicious. If they feel like they're conning him, really, up until the halfway point of the episode. And so at that point, he introduces them to all of their family members, including a Bridget Siobhan and a Bernadette, which is my cousin's full name, which is really weird. <laughs> and uh, they have like uh, there's I think it's like a, bro- and a Patrick and a Christopher and all. Like, yeah, and a Sean, every kind of Irish name you could think of. And uh, he also tells him that, by the way, uh, Great Aunt Louise likes to bless each groom with a great kiss. A- great Aunt <laughs> Mary Louise is a badass because she's just sitting there smoking her pipe and not giving a fuck. A pipe? Smoking a pipe in the middle of a crowded bar. Like, I mean, it's her family, but like... That's a bold move for anybody to just do. I mean, it's, it's 2000, so I guess it's arguably more acceptable. But I don't think that Kyle Chandler seems the type to be, like, all in, into the idea of people smoking pipes in his club. But anyway, she's just, like, puffing away. It looks disgusting, because that's the whole joke, is that she's, like, puffing, 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 and then is about to kiss him. And he's, like, grossed out. He goes running out afterwards and, like, spits out... <laughs> pretty rough. There's a scene where he's basically, like, washing his mouth out afterwards. He, yeah, he runs upstairs and, and opens a soda, and I'm like... Yeah, it's, it's and he, like, kind of almost gargles it, like, gulps it down. And then, so, they decide to, they have to get out of here and figure out this Nigel situation because they, they can't get married. That's that's where they're at. They're actually, like, their other option is just to get married. Like, no, none of these people know how to be honest for five seconds in their fucking lives. So, he goes running off. Uh, they decide to use the fire escape out because they want to, you know, avoid the family. Uh, and they find out, I mean, this is where the episode turns to this situation where I'm like, why am I even watching this? Because they meet Nigel, and I mean, they did figure out a way to actually make me surprised a little bit, because, surprise, he's married with kids, and... And even (laughs) at first, as soon as he, like, opens the door, he looks like he does not even recognize her. Like, he's never seen her before in his life, and she's like... It's me, it's Kate, you know, from Donegal, Ireland, and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, what? Oh, yeah, okay, Kate. It's like, oh, shit. And his wife comes up, like, holding their newborn child, and it's very rough. And, like, I don't know, it just seemed, like, very... Like, we've been following this woman around, her narrative, for the entire episode... And now we find out she's been... We already kind of knew she was a psycho, but now it's, like, confirmed psycho. Yeah. And it just felt, like, absolutely, like... Like, you had just pulled yourself up to the top of the rope, and then someone snipped it out from the top, and, and it was plummeted on your ass. Like, we're supposed to feel bad for her, but I'm like, no, wow. No, so feel, dumb. She's a stalker. Are bad for her? I did. I don't know. I didn't... Because, I thought she was just well, a crazy person. Because she, like, goes out, and I think Kyle Chandler, like, assumes that, you know, they did have a romance, yeah. but... Now she's discovered that he has a wife and a child, and oh, that's really shitty. But she's like, well, and he's like, well, what, you know, what happened with you two? And he, she's like, he smiled at me. I'm like... He kissed her on the cheek. Uh, goodbye. Yeah. 
She moved to the U.S. to be with him, and all he did was smile at her and tell her she was the prettiest woman in Ireland he'd ever seen. He'd probably been in Ireland for, like, five minutes. That's like, easy to do. Like, it was so Brittany weird. Murphy had more of a case in, like, Clueless of why he was in love with her than she has with this guy. I mean... Exactly. It's, it's crazy. Insane. It's straight up crazy. So then, of course, after he figures that out, he's like, oh my god, this has all been absolute. Like, I've been being driven around by psychos. And Kyle Sanders like, I'm taking the reins back. I'm done with this shit. And, because he'd been feeling bad for her this whole time. And, I mean, like, arguably there was a reason to, because she was faking that she was upset about this guy. Plus, she had lost her a lot of money, so that's that's part of it. But now he's kind of like, alright, fuck it, I'm done. Like, this is too much. So that, that we find out also, in the meantime, the slumlord is gonna extort um, some some reward money from the INS guy who's back at her apartment to, to see if she's the home yet. Okay, just more fucking plot contrivances based on what... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it really is pointless. And so, we get back to the bar. The Irish step dancing is going full force at this point. Irish like, step dancing is going on. <laughs> well, that's... I mean, like, that's also weird to me because I think that happens a lot, like, at weddings, but not, like, in, like, a bar. Like When you hijack uh, someone's bar. Yeah, like, that... You need to have a right kind of floor for that. That'll fuck up your like floor. This is like a 24-7 thing. If you're, like, true Irish, you're gonna be drinking, <laughs> listening to, like, They Irish were drinking at 6.30 a.m. And, like, step dancing. <laughs> well, it's 12.30 in Ireland. Yeah. God, fuck me. But, like... If there are step dancing on that floor, they're gonna, he's gonna need a new floor too. Like depending on, it was not soft shoe from what I was. Wasn't it at. on the bar actually? Oh, were they on the bar? Mm-hmm. I think no, they were, they were the dancing bar. on oh the my bar. God. Yeah, yeah. I didn't notice that, but if it was, Jesus Christ! But like, you need to put down like specific, like hard, like wooden, pl- like flats to do that usually, because or do it on cement because that'll fuck up a floor. It's heavy. That, they're like you know, metal. You the real reason why this show did not get a fifth like season was because the the story would have just been Gary went bankrupt because of these Irish motherfuckers. (laughs) Like, honestly! Like, he lost his bar, probably, and, like, all his money, and, like, went into credit card debt, and that would have just been too depressing for season five. Thank God he's got all that that stockbroker money saved up, hopefully. But anyway, so, they're they're all Irish step-dancing through the bar, which is, again, not something you do casually, but they're doing it very (laughs) casually. And, uh, his, his mom shows up, and she thinks that the, that I don't even know her name at this point. We're this far in the episode, I don't even fucking remember Kate, her name. Kate. Yeah. Kate, okay. So, Kate is pregnant. She thinks Kate's pregnant. Because otherwise, what other reason would her Kyle Chandler, celibate dad already, would ever possibly get married? Yeah, like, she's like, can... my son would never rush into a and marriage unless it was... flat out shotgun. tells him a chip off of the old block. Like, and... and that we, was fucking crazy! They get into it more later, like, about... Basically, she admits to him that he was a mistake and conceived in the back of a Camaro. He says the words, I was a mistake. Yeah, and that, that's why him, From a moment of pleasure in the back married. of a Camaro, yeah. yeah. Oh his, my god. So he's like, she's like, oh, like father like son, knocking up a girl. She, she tries to backpedal, but it's so awkward because the cat is out of the bag. And there's tons of cacting. But like, it's just like... <laughs> it's <Piece of> shit. <laughs> It is like... It is straight up the craziest thing because he is absolutely more like poor Kyle Chandler looks like an absolute child because like he is 
he did first of all he's like oh, i don't want to hear about you and dad but then he hears he's like basically a mistake and he's like it, it clearly wrecks his world and it's really sad and it, i felt bad also, for him also his mom is psycho too because she's just like even when he says she's not pregnant we're not really getting married his mom's she's like well, his mom's like marry her anyway yeah, marry her anyway like you know and also just like, all you do is hang out with that black woman and i don't want you marrying her basically <laughs> she says but also like she starts crying like hysterically crying because she won't have any grandchildren like i don't understand that at all and there's before that i want to go back for a second because there's two things that happen before that happens but we can talk about them out of order but like there's also this awful scene where we hear from kieran that his mother's last request from when she was dying was to make sure Kate's well married. I was like, what? This whole family is a waste of life. Like, who asked that on their deathbed? I want you to make sure she's well married. I'm pretty sure. Maybe to say happy. I'm pretty sure Kyle Chandler's mom would have asked the same thing. Like, this, I know, right? Maybe they were really fainted for yeah, each other. Yeah, this is but, psychotic. So. So the INS guy again shows up at the bar as that's happening. This is all kind of happening simultaneously. Uh, the INS guy shows up. He gets duped at the bar because um, Henry Gibson's like, oh, um, yeah, let me go show you where she is because he's looking for Kate. And he's like, let me go f- find her with you. And now I'm confused about this scene because I thought that he sends Kieran out to show him where to go. He, but later but he on, does, it's implied. But then it, yeah, you're right. It's like. It's implied that he took him, and I'm like, I watched Kieran walk out of the bar with him, and I went back and watched it again, and I'm like, that makes no sense. <laughs> they must have just shot that scene out of order and just decided to make it Kieran. It made more sense as Kieran, although it really makes Kieran into a very, very malicious, evil yes. person. At, well, especially when you find out what's in the headlines for tomorrow. Like, yeah, he attacked him, knocked him out, and threw him in a dumpster. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, and he... so. I mean, you could say, like, throwing him in a dumpster, you assume he's gonna wake up, but, like, that's still ridiculous. Like, there's no, there's no great scenario there where he doesn't at least, like, well, no, potentially die. the headline is, INS agent found smothered at the dump. Right. And he might have put him in the dump assuming he was gonna wake up again, but, like, you shouldn't. That just seems, like, so risky. Like, he just seems like an absolutely reckless person to punch out someone and put him in a dump. In a, in a, a dumpster. Sorry. So the dumpster, we then find out, of course, thanks to the paper. Thanks to the cat. Uh, it goes and it, it takes the dumpster that he was passed out in and takes it to the dump where it's going to push him in. And I guess he gets piled under some stuff as he's passed out and he gets suffocated. So Kyle Chandler reads that, goes fucking crazy. He's, he's like, this is all... I mean, again, that would make the brother a killer. It's crazy dark. And, like, that happens on the show. There's plenty of people who he's saving from murders and stuff. But, like... I mean, like, this is a guy we're supposed to be, like, kind of vaguely rooting for. Did find him amusing? I guess? I don't know. Well, he, you know. I never really found him amusing. He was always violent, but he punched Kyle Chandler out immediately. But still, it was just a very mean... It was very, very well, weird. And the fact, I didn't find him the at fact all. That, like, and then everything just is okay at the end. Like, oh, it's fine that you almost killed a man. Killed me? Yeah. Almost killed me? Like... Actually, if you want to get technical about it, he did kill him. It was only because Kyle Chandler intervened that he was even alive anymore. So, in the meantime, though, they two things happen. One, I don't. I guess they all find out the truth about Kyle Chandler not being his, being the uh, the husband or future husband. So they steal a bus. These are people. These are awful people. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, they, they assume he like, breaks up the wedding or whatever because they're fucking idiots who don't listen to anything because they're fucking well, drunk Kate, idiots. 
It wasn't Kate anything. finally stands up for herself a little bit and kind of tells the truth. Finally. And so they of. react to it as if they basically set her on fire and <laughs> the whole bar on fire. Vigilante they go, justice. They all go running from the bar. I mean, like, I'm not even exaggerating. They all go running from the bar. They, like, the first thing they see is a huge bus, like a, a Chicago CTA bus. They literally, like, practically just bum-rush the bus, like, knock it over to the side for a second. They toss the driver out, and then they start driving a They're, bus around Chicago. They hijack a public bus. Like, and they're not even American citizens. This and is nobody like nobody goes to jail at the end of this episode. This is the height That's of amazing. like pre nine eleven shit because this would not even like even even an American citizen couldn't do that and not go to jail for a long time nowadays. No, this would be public transportation. This would be is, an episode of Chicago PD if this was right. Yes, <laughs> for real. This would be like Irish I might immigrants have to write hijack- that back. Yeah, it Irish has- immigrants immigrants hijacking a bus. A murdered INS agent in a dumpster. It's all Honestly, the makings. it feels almost weirdly reminiscent. Like, I mentioned before Interstellar is where they got the, the idea from that movie from. But I also <laughs> feel like maybe they got, I mean, obviously I know where they really got the, the idea of the TV show from. Because it's literally a spin-off. It's a, a remake. But it almost feels, like, shameless, too. It has a very shameless vibe where it's very, like, crazy Irish family doing weird, crazy <laughs> shit in the middle of Chicago. Garbage like, people doing garbage things. And, like, in Chicago. they don't have the act but like everything else is there it checks like I know that's based on an actual British TV show but it certainly is very very similar well, do to we what not, do we not about. know that the British TV show was uh, based off of this particular episode of oh, early edition do <laughs> I don't know that's definitely possible what I mean? so that so actually a British version of early edition I feel like that would actually be pretty amazing oh it would be great but today the, if, they made it, if they made it today though it would be like he gets like the tweet of tomorrow today (laughs) oh my god the british version will be called morning mail oh (laughs) oh it'd be so good the morning mail came oh the morning mail came (laughs) they're gonna save like your british accent's always so on point (laughs) i know thank you this is so meant for like cheesy campy ridiculousness that they could totally make it into a much more serious version if they wanted to. Like, they just Call don't. us, BBC. Yeah, really. Send an email to the televoid at gmail. <laughs> yes. So, they they literally, like I said, hijack a bus. And it's not like a bus, like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a full-on city bus, if you've never seen one. And it's they're a bus, around. Laura. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. In case you've never seen a bus. bus. It's like a huge bus. In case you're like, listening I mean, to this podcast from your underground bunker that you were born in. <laughs> uh, I don't know. If you're, I mean, maybe if you're not from, I guess, from this the world. planet. Yeah, the world. If you're from the movie Interstellar, <laughs> you've never seen a bus. They have buses in Interstellar, right? <laughs> I don't know. I never saw it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's got to be some kind of a bus to transport all it's the cars everywhere. It's a space bus. So... So anyway, they're they're driving around town in a bus, and they just happen to know where the dump is. Like, how do they figure that? This is two thousand. There's no GPS necessarily, so they just happen to figure out where the dump is. I guess they, go, they were trying to follow the cab, but like the cab was speeding too, which is inappropriate. Yeah, and the Kyle Chandler got into a cab. So they're following the cab around. Again, like, why would all of them need to go? Just have one or two of them go. They all need to barrel into a bus. Those people on that bus are probably going to work. They're probably going to do shit that day. Maybe somebody had to go to, like, the hospital, and they're just taking the bus to get there quickly, and then they're just hijacked and going to the dump now. So instead, they're all going to the dump. They drive, like, 
literally like over the speed limit dodging in and out of cars and stuff it's crazy so they go they all do the dump uh the it, they, of course they get there just the last second as the dumps the, the dump truck is backing up to, to dump the dump into i mean <laughs> it's so dumb we're having so many problems with words right it's, now i love it but it's 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 so repetitive because it's a dump truck trying to dump a dumpster into the dump <laughs> or i guess it's just trash <laughs> i guess at that point, they put the dump truck, the dumpster stuff into the, it's, the trash it's compactor. It's trash, but just like this episode. He's lucky they didn't compact it inside the, the truck like they do sometimes. Instead, they just happened that's to just drive it right there. That's why you shouldn't put someone in a dumpster. Right. That's, like, obvious information to anybody who's seen anything, like a Star Wars or whatever. But, like, so they, they go, they, tr- <laughs> they, they toss them away into, the, he's about to be tossed away into the dump itself, which arguably is not really that dangerous because it's just, like, putting them into some trash. But it's like leaving him there will be the problem. And then I have a couple questions here because as this is all happening, Kyle Chandler waves down the truck. He puts the the truck stops, and then the guy like wakes up in the dumpster and he's like, "Whoa, what happened?" And it's like if you were able to wake up, you probably wouldn't have suffocated. I don't know what that was about, but I don't know. I guess he probably had a concussion or something because he had a huge bruise on his head. But like, how would he have woken up just then? Like. Uh, if he was going to wake up then anyway, he would have woken up when he was dumped into the trash. Why didn't he jump the turnstile? Too many questions, <laughs> Mora. It's all because of that fucking turnstile. Oh, my God. Uh, they needed the watches from Interstellar. That would have solved a lot of this. But, uh, so, INS guy is now... This podcast confirmed- is dedicated to Interstellar. Yes. So, this this INS guy is, like, now... He, he's not even that upset about everything that happened, which I would be... You should be livid. He almost just died. And... So he, um, he's like, hey guys, stop. And then Kate's also there. She also jumps out and says, stop. She explains it thoroughly instead of just saying that he broke up the marriage. She actually says we were never married. It was all a mistake, blah, blah. And then INS guy waits patiently while all this is going on. He's just sitting up in the dumpster like, let me just take this in. And like, he's, when we're saying sitting up in the dumpster, it's like a dump truck that's like, I mean, gotta be almost like a like half, half a story or a story in the air, and he's just sitting up on a pile of trash after having been knocked out aggressively and, and dumped in trash. And like, someone is trying to do their job, and they're just like, he's just chilling. And chill. the dump truck driver's probably like, what? And then the people in the bus are all probably trying to get to work still. All this stuff's happening, but they're all just chilling. And the guy in the in the in the dump is just watching them as they discuss this. They confront uh, Kate about it. She says she's sorry. It was a mistake. She shouldn't have done it. But, um, uh, then they also blame it all on, Ke- on uh, the old guy. They say that Henry Gibson knocked him out, which is not true. And Henry, Henry Gibson says, I only wanted to detain him. But <laughs> they never I'm explained like, that Henry Gibson can't do it. the top of that head, guy's head anyway. <laughs> Honestly, true. <laughs> and also, we all saw Kieran Lee. Maybe he would have been like, dude, can you kneel down so I can punch you in the face? And we all watched Kieran Lee with him, so it really makes zero sense on both levels, because I don't think yeah. that he literally even did that, even though he probably wouldn't have been able to. And so he, uh, he says all this, blah, blah, blah. Then, instead of being furious about it and pressing charges, he says, oh, by the way, I'm actually secretly in love with you. This whole bullshit about, like, the INS guy showing up to deport her, as we've all been assuming, it's has actually been... a notebook situation. It's, he's, yes. Yeah, I wrote he you wrote, a letter every day. He wrote her every day. Thousands of them. Which, every day for a month. It wasn't even the thousands. It was probably, like, 30, maybe 28. <laughs> so, he apparently went to, he has a family in Donegal or something, and he used to go there as a child, and then one time he met her, 
then he promised to write her. I mean, they were 12 years old. She knew him as Frankie instead of Frank. And she uh, said, oh, I was supposed to get your letters. I never got them. So evidently, he wrote her every day for a month and then gave up, first of all. He's got no He was a child, apparently. He was, yeah, but maybe. But Ryan Gosling, even as a child, would have stuck through. But he. He had. had, Hey, he was focused (laughs) on Mickey Mouse Club and. No, 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 no. But I mean, I think Ryan Gosling would have stuck with it. This guy just gave up after a month. Whereas Ryan Gosling (laughs) wrote her every day. Um, so this guy was too busy studying for his future career as an INS. An INS. It, it takes like 15, <laughs> 20 years. years to really Did he just his career just so he could find her again? Just to fuck with her, I think. Honestly. I, well, listen, she's psycho enough to come all the way to America for a fish guy she... that smiled at her. So he is psycho enough, maybe just to do that because he used his position at the as an INS agent to find her. And it's a I mean, real crazy abuse of power, too. It's very creepy. Like, honestly, he's, I mean, lucky that she actually was into it, but most people would be like, what the well, fuck? He's, yeah, he's lucky that she is just as psychotic as he is. So they're Well, like, she yeah, has match. to be into it so they can get married immediately so, so she doesn't get deported. That's what I have in my next note, yeah. was just psych- psychos in love. But, like, she, <laughs> she she says to him, like, I remember you, I forgot it, blah, blah, blah. And he says, yes. So basically, the, the gist of it is, he became an INS agent as he, for whatever reason, he just became one. <laughs> Instead of trying to seek her out, he knew where she lived. He could have kept writing her, he could have contacted her, whatever. Years go by, he's now, like, clearly in his 30s. That was when they were 12. He never forgot her, literally, quote from this episode. And he, as an INS agent, happened, like, the odds of this are insane as well. He happened to see a request for her to get a visa, and he's like, I remember that name, and he looked her up, and it was the same girl from where she was from, and he's like, oh my god. So, like, so I'm denying that request. <laughs> That's what happened, I'm assuming. I mean, what other, oh my god. So he, he decides to track her down. Of course, for us, misleading us into thinking he was trying to deport her, who was just trying to fucking fuck her. Uh, so he and not the landlord. Yes, and so he decides, oh my god, let's like date, let's go get coffee, and he's like, but first I have to get out of this trash, and like everyone, there's like a like a warm, a lukewarm chuckle from the crowd. It's like this guy almost died. I mean, he's a psycho, but also like everyone's forgetting that a murder almost happened here. I guess they don't know the full story, but anyway, now of course. Uh, Kieran and them are back on being excited because it's a wedding, potentially. I mean, although he's much calmer about that than he ever was about the Kyle Chandler shit, so it's, like, very bizarre. Like, he should just become, like, crazy again right from the start, but he never really does. He just sort of just says, okay, cool, like, this is great. Well, presumably and this then, guy is Irish-American, because if he had family there and was there all the time, in Donegal, so, maybe you know, he's okay with he that. approves of it more than he would the Yank. And Gary doesn't? I guess Gary doesn't. I am. His bar's name McGinley's. I just assumed he was Irish, too. I don't know. But, um, so... And the other weird part of it, too, is that apparently as this guy was writing them every day for a month, writing her, the mom and Kieran were both conspiring not to give her the letters because he was a yank, and the mom didn't want that to happen, so... But now he's suddenly just fine with her, her being, um, you know, American. But, so anyway, that all happens... Uh, they decide it's fine, like, you know, bygones be bygones, <laughs> like, psychos be psychos, and they decide to just get married later on, 
that month, I think. <laughs> and I guess her green card situation worked out. That, that, that week. week. Oh yes. my god, yeah. it was that week. Oh my god. They hadn't seen each other for more than that one week when they were 12, and they got married within a week. Okay, here's what I love. That this is, like, a completely psychotic situation. <laughs> like, you know, he she's a crazy stalker, he's a crazy <laughs> stalker, they're gonna get married within the week, and Gary's mom says to Gary, if it can happen for you, her, it can happen for you. And I'm like, that's what you want? Why would you want like, that that's for someone? crazy. Like, come I, on. I, just, I still do not understand how that could ever... It's just bizarre to me. Like, in general... If, His mom is crazy. I don't even know. It's it's so strange. And then that's basically the end of the episode. Although we get a lovely wrap-up wedding gift from, uh, uh, you know, Henry Gibson as a lucky lottery ticket, and it was for four million instead of the one million. Ha ha ha. I guess she's gonna pay for all damages for out of her pocket. And that's that's it. And then the end the end of the episode is literally a narration from Henry Gibson, who is not a regular on the show. And it's just him narrating like, you know, like that's why you never trusted or that's why you always should trust yeah. the Irish or something stupid like that. Well no the, the, the he narrates like Kate and the INS guy get married and win the lottery. Um, Nigel was attacked by a trout, which I'm like, that's not even a mutant like rooting for trout. bad things. Yeah, poor, yeah, poor Nigel trout. had nothing to do with this. What? Nigel did nothing wrong. But they needed to just throw him under the rug because they. I know, like and then, and then her family goes back to Ireland and opens a <laughs> Chicago-style pizza place that instantly closes because all they do <laughs> is just eat the pizza. That was believable. Yeah. I actually found that yeah, very believable. Yeah, that I needed to happen. Yeah, that was good. It actually had immediate yeah. uh, repercussions there. And it ends with Henry Gibson's narration, but then it, it actually ends on the cat looking like, this is fucking stupid. Like, the cat looks I pretty irritated by thing. the whole situation. I was all about it. And the cat is just sort of like, fuck this. <laughs> it's just sitting on top of a shelf and just like, I hate this. And that's it. That's literally the end of this series. It ends on that image of Henry Gibson narrating about a failed pizza place in Ireland and a cat. And now he gets to continue to drink for free because otherwise shit like this will happen. Like, what a dark episode of television, to be honest. And that is the end of the entire series. It is the last thing we're left with. (sighs) Well, that and the version I watched, it told me that judging Amy. Yes, that's why I watched that version when I left. Yeah, I was like, oh yes, God. judging Amy. <laughs> like, God damn it! This is this is like the height of like nobody gave a shit in this writers' room. This still <laughs> went to you air. Need to like okay. I, it was just like a right. credit to have. <laughs> it really was. Okay, here's the funny thing: <clears throat> this episode is obviously rife with terrible Irish stereotypes. Yes, ridiculousness. This episode. The credited writer is Sean Clark, who was my college professor in <laughs> film school. Oh, God. Who is an Irish-American. And Bro, actually, what were you thinking? <laughs> he actually, like, uh, once a year, usually, he teaches a class in Irish cinema. I'm does he now? Yeah, I'm assuming he does not show this episode. <laughs> I mean, maybe he learned from his mistakes to the extreme. (laughs) I guess. And then the director of this episode, who also directed a bunch of early edition episodes, and he's done a lot of movies, like he did the Black Hole movie for Disney back in the 70s, and a bunch of TV movies. He was a guest speaker in the class I had with uh, Sean Clark, and he lives where I live in the same town. 
So I have a personal connection to early edition in that respect, but... I love it. Yeah. I'm I'm just like, I can't believe an Irish person wrote this episode. It hurts my feelings. Like like I said, I'm not even Irish like my... I mean, I'm Irish Catholic, like, culturally, but, like, I'm not even Irish, you know, first generation, but it still is, like, crazy to me that this was even, like... This is offensive. Like, this is a really bad portrayal on any realm. Like, it's always never... I mean, a lot of, obviously, Irish stereotypes are just drunk and belligerent. But this is, like, drunk, belligerent murderers. I mean, that's, again, you could say that's, like, 90% of Irish Catholic television. But, like, at least when they're doing it on, like, Black Donnelly's, it's interesting. (laughs) On this, it was just boring and weird. Yeah, it's not The Departed or anything, but... Yeah, Yeah, The Departed, exactly. I have interesting trivia just from reading the IMDb. Apparently, during the fourth season, the main title theme that we, we heard uh, in syndication was replaced when it, as it was airing to Time Has Come Today by the Chambers Brothers, oh, which actually man. would have been pretty awesome to hear. Yeah, because the music was terrible. Yeah, it was really bad. I'm yeah, that was like the original through, music I guess they had. I'm going to scroll through it a clip and just grab some names, because I want everybody to know the kind of people that guest starred on this. This is one of those shows... A lot of Since it was people. CBS in the late 90s, it's it's a very like heavy, everybody you've ever heard of has been on this show. So in the first pilot episode was Felicity Hoffman, Neil <laughs> Flynn... Uh, later Christ. on, Cynthia Nixon, Jane Kukowski in the same episode. It just keeps going on and on and on. Uh, Perry Gilpin. Ron Dean was recurring at one point. Uh, um, Ernest Borgnine. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. And Emmett Walsh. Jonathan Tucker, speaking of Black Donnelly's. Uh, Neil Flynn showed up again later on. Lou Rawls was on here at one point. I think Polly Parrott from NCIS. Roger Ebert had been on the show at some point. It's a Chicago Kathy and a Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty crazy. Lou, Lou Gossett Jr., Robert uh, John Spencer, Robin Lively, uh, I mean, like, uh, Judy Greer, Stephanie Romanov, Emil Hirsch, like... Taylor Momsen! <laughs> Scott Adsit, Stephanie March, it goes on and on and on. John Beasley, like... Luis Guzman. Michael Shannon. <laughs> George H- Decay, yeah. Hector Alessandro, like... Leslie Bibb. It's crazy. Tom Bosley. Coolio. Antone Loke in one episode. In one episode. Oh, yeah, oh, oh I have to God. read the description for that episode. It's called Please Number do. One with a Bullet. Marissa's old friend, of course, Julius, aka C Rock, is in town for a CD signing, and Gary has to prevent him from being killed in a concert. Oh, why didn't we watch Oh my God, can we please I was like, watch Why didn't we watch that, that one? Most racist. <laughs> Yeah, that's no, right? like the most racist thing there could possibly be. Alright, I'm going to keep going real quick. There's Jerry Springer. It just keeps going on and on. You mentioned, uh, obviously, Ernest Borgnine before. Yeah, I had to. Actually, <laughs> I still love Coolio. we had to um, edit scenes from that particular episode in one of my classes in college because he had access to raw footage for, because he had produced the show. So he gave it to the editing class. So I had to edit the uh, Ernest Borgnine episode as an exercise. Well, that seems like an absolute That's why you had it. Why the hell did you have to edit that? Now we know. TJ Thine. Timothy Omenson was on this show. Like, Hey, that guy. He was on Judging Amy. I just want to bring it back to Judging Amy, like every yes. five minutes. Well, they were literally. This is again. This is that show. I mean, you've ever seen that movie? It's that. Hey, was there was that guy from that thing? Is it's basically the gist of this entire show. Like Timothy Omenson was on. Let's see, six episodes before Henry Gibson was. Like that's. Those are just people. If you're a character actor in the late nineties, this is one of those shows that everybody right. was on. As long as also like Law and Order, obviously, the MIP Blue. A lot of people were on. It's just a very like heavily. 
you know, it's easy to guest star on here and then walk away from it, which is what a lot of people need for their resumes at that time. And it's just, I mean, the people who, who wrote and, and uh, produced the show, too, have gone on, like we said, to do plenty of other things. And it's just, it's baffling to me that, like, so much of it was so cheesy when there was so much, like, effort behind it, like, from people who, I, I mean, I like Moldamski stuff. I mean, I, I think even Kyle Chandler probably wrote and directed some stuff, I'd he imagine. Was a, he was a producer. Did Kyle do anything? Yeah, he directed an episode. Yeah. Like, in, in the last season, it looks like, yeah. It's just, it's so interesting to me because, like, I think even, like, Fisher Stevens was, like, a regular guest star. Yeah, for, like, the first three seasons, it looks like. Yeah, he was yeah. a, he and was not a, even a guest star. He was a regular cast member. It was, yeah, was yeah he, okay. he left after season two. And then um, season three, uh, Christy Swanson had a very, very big arc. Like, she was on 20 episodes of season three. So, like, almost the whole season. So. It's amazing. Yeah, but there was never I mean, any sex happening. No, of course not. Well, not on this show, no. Of not. <laughs> on this show, no but, one um, has a penis. Just, no one has genitals. Yeah. It's all Barbie plastic down there. Yeah, and, Mel, and I, I mentioned Mel Damsky, too, because Mel Damsky, I've seen do a lot, especially, like, obviously mentioning all the people from Psych before that have guest starred on here. Uh, he's done a lot of that. He did Charmed for a while, I think, too. Like, he's done a lot of 90s-esque kind of shows, late 90s into Ally 2000s. Allie McBeal, he did Allie McBeal. Yeah, so he, it, it's yeah. a weird, it's a weird, I think it says like one of those shows that nowadays, you're not, you wouldn't even, it's like a blank slate, you don't even notice, but at that time it was where a lot of people like, you know, got their lumps. This show. Yeah, it was kind of like a breeding ground for people, for a lot of people too. I mean, like we said, the people that went on to write for Alias and Fringe and Lost and stuff, that's kind and of... What's- What's interesting is it's kind of almost it was meant for children, practically, the way it was written, but it was oddly adult because there were people dying every episode, practically, that he was saving from dying. So it's a very bizarre... It's almost like a show, like, both for a seven-year-old and their grandmom at the same it's, time. It's really just kind of strange, like, it's like especially these types of shows from this era, because, like, I'm looking at another writer, Alex Taub, who went on, like, he did Judge yeah. Amy, too, but he also went for Felicity, Eli Stone, Revenge, Heart of Dixie. It's like... These kind of shows, as cheesy and everything they are, those rooms apparently, like, they really led to success overall. Right. And it's, I, I love that kind of stuff because it's certainly, like, it gives, like, some weird validity to finding the cheesiness of this at somewhat, you know, I mean, I think it, it's, it's cheesy, but it's great. I it's lo- still entertaining. It's becoming, like, exactly. It's still a lot more entertaining than a lot of other things that you guys have watched, or even that I've watched on this through the television. <laughs> you know, so it's still like, okay, it's dumb. And this episode in particular was ridiculous, but it's still like, okay, I kind of see the entertainment here. It's kind of pulpy in a way, it's, because it's the premise is literally the, it's what you're going to get. It's just, I mean, I joked about this with the Ghost Whisperer episode, but like, it's very similar where it's just like, hey, you know the whole premise of the show? That's basically what every episode will be. Right. It's just me talking to a ghost or me reading the paper from the future. And they don't they don't try to be anything more than that. It's very, they don't of, really it's include... very of its time. Like, yeah. There's not a there's big no story mythology. arcs or, yeah, like, it's just, it is what it is. And, yeah. And now it, I respect like, it, it would be a very different show if it was on now. It would be much darker and, I mean, it would be person of interest kind of show. We'd have to know what the deal is with the cat. Yeah. Yes. It would be- <laughs> he would follow the cat back. It actually has a very, like, Dead Like Me vibe as well, where it has... It's a very, um... Again, it's also very, um, isolated. Like, 
There, like we said, there's only two cast members, so you really only just see this one guy's life, and it's just saving people. There's nothing else going on, really. I mean, there's a little bit earlier on in the, the series where he just has other friends and people he interacts with, but, like, for the most part, it's just sort of like you see him wake up, you see him read the paper, and then that whole episode's about him and that guy, you know, trying to save it his life. It would be better and if it had more of the tone of Dead Like Me, that more kind of sardonic, twisted, like tone to it than it does. Because I feel like that show almost, I mean, not that I would say, again, like, uh, this show influenced everything from Interstellar to Dead Like Me. No. I think, <laughs> I think it has a very, like, it's almost like that show is parodying a show like this, where it's it's like, look at, like, it's almost like a workplace comedy about supernaturalness, and that's kind of what this is, too. It's like his workplace job of just it's almost like you're living his life with him where he well, reads I mean, the paper that's what every he morning. Does, you see? <laughs> yes, he's out there. Solving crimes. It's tomorrow's paper today. <laughs> I feel like we could start a Hey Girl meme with Kyle Chandler from the show. <laughs> oh, Kyle Chandler. I hope we can find something with him in a windbreaker, because I guarantee that's happened on most, multiple episodes. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, I think that's kind of all we have. I mean, do you guys have anything more to say? I think I we think really we covered it. it. I still can't believe this is 45 minutes. That's, that's such a... Long time to be sitting and watching all that, that insanity. Of, I, that is a lot of Irish really, folk I mean, music. <laughs> it, a lot happened, obviously. There's a lot of plot. But, like, on a real core level, none of that needed to happen. Really, all that should have happened None of it is, needed like, to happen. He should have saved the lives and gone to bed. Like, he should have jumped to the fucking turnstile. The episode would have been over in three exactly. minutes. Done. <laughs> like, this Although, I would have been curious sh- to see, like, in the world where she had just won the lottery, like... What does she do next when she's, like, trying to stalk Nigel? Oh, that'd be great. I want to see that. That's a spinoff that never happened, unfortunately. I don't know. It's just a weird show that doesn't really exist anymore. I mean, you're not going to see this kind of stuff necessarily happen as frequently because you need to have a little bit richer uh, mythology to, to stay on the air anymore. Back then, I mean, this was getting 8000 a week. God, this was... It would have been an absolute hit by today's standards. That's amazing. And well, but what's crazy is back then, like, in the pre-Lost era, if your show had too deep of a mythology, nobody would watch it. Right. Right. So that's why this show and things like that were fine. They were popular because it was like people didn't want the big mythology. No, they don't want serialized. Like came in, and now they're like, well, no, we want it. We want it. Again, it's so strange that the writers, like, went on to from this, like, you have people who are doing, like, Felicity and Alias, so, yeah. like, they're they're the ones ushering heavily. in the mythology. Yeah, basically. heavily right. mythology. Oh, yeah, because, and that was even, like, Alias kind of, like, came before people were okay with mythology, so it, it was a very beloved I think, show. I think Alias has but, more mythology than Lost did, oh, it, to be honest. Oh, it absolutely does, but yeah. it never it never got the ratings that Lost did, because yeah. people Felicity were not ready for it. In, introduced time travel in its yes. last season, that's very important to that's mention. Right. It's amazing. It's a college romantic drama about time travel. So good. Go watch Felicity, guys. Well, in the meantime, uh, I guess you could... I mean, that's kind of all we have to say for that, even though... I mean, like I said, 45 minutes, nothing really needs to happen, but somehow it did. (laughs) That's the episode in a nutshell. nutshell. None of this needs to happen. (laughs) That sums up almost every episode that you guys watch on the television. That's very true. That's very true. But this one is a different level of nothing needing to happen. he also knows that going in. At least the other characters on the other shows that we watch don't necessarily know that kind of stuff going in. Here he should know better. He's already read the paper. He gets but it the day before. At least Which, it had Kyle Chandler's face, because I wrote in my notes right. like five times, Kyle Chandler is very handsome. He was <laughs> I underused in this episode, too. Like, he was I barely like there. Looking, I like looking at Kyle Chandler. These are my notes. Me too. Yeah. I just love look. I'm looking at the DVD cover for like the first season, oh, and... 
it's just amazing because it's Kyle Chandler, of course, looking super daddy, like with super his daddy. blue button up and his blue jeans, oh, and yeah. that cat looking off in the distance, and it says <laughs> on the bottom, "What if you had tomorrow's news today?" today. No way. That sounds like a like a cheesy joke about a, like an actual like modern day print media thing, and it's like. <laughs> It's this early edition, and there are, like, birds on the corner of it. Like, I felt for a second, am I just looking at the DVD for wings? But no. They got the dad jeans handled, so. And he's leaning against, like, something because he's a dad. Oh, my God. Dads can't stand I, up right, you know. It's great. It's a great show, and I really recommend everybody watch yeah, it. Yeah, I kind of, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I kind of want to go back and watch everything. <laughs> I know this may not be the greatest way to try and get you to do that, I really, spent- I'm... I'm definitely <laughs> about to watch that Coolio Tomoke oh, episode as soon as we're done recording. My God. Because it's going to be so amazingly bad. <laughs> oh my God, the Toya. I got the, I found the DVD thing that you were talking about. The cat is cacting in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> that cat's adorable, by it the is. way. But it's also, a really good tabby, I think. My right? last note for this episode is literally, is that cat magic in all caps? <laughs> And here's the thing, you don't know, we never know. I mean, that's all we ever really know is a cat is delivering the paper, you know, we don't ever get It's eat. a real shame, because I think season five would have really kicked in that mythology. Yeah, I'm sure. We were sure, one whatever. season away. Well, yeah, the- I guess technically, because end of 2000, 2001 is when Alias debuted. I was going to say, like, like, the newspaper has turned out to be Rimbaldi yeah, device. They would have been, <laughs> been like, oh shit, Alias, this show's good, we should really get on that, guys. I um, wish there were, like, early edition Easter eggs in, like, various shows. I think, I think oh, they can make man. the early edition movie. Find out what Gary's up to now. You know? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I need someone to ask Kyle Chandler He's definitely not married and still See, definitely not having Kyle sex, Chandler though. they always Lights movie, but they should start asking about an early edition reunion Early movie. edition movie. Please. Or at least, like, a Netflix, like, limited run where it's like oh God. six episodes and they're all super intense. Okay. So I firmly believe that the world deserves and will most likely get like sliders and silk stocking reboots right. like, in my lifetime. I think early edition is another show that makes a lot of sense as a reboot. So CW's early edition. Oh yeah. Who is Kyle Chandler? Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like a dead silence. I don't know. It's like baffling. I feel like just based on their casting practices right now, it'd probably just be Robbie Amell. <laughs> is there like mm-hmm. another Amell that's out there that we? <laughs> is there a secret Amell? I don't know, but there's probably the entire Amell crew involved. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's see. Just looking through the usual suspects. <laughs> Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, Daniel Sharman. Oh yeah, I could see that. He wore a lot of dad sweaters on Teen Wolf, so it's kind of already ready for it. I could yeah. totally see that. I could, mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah, he has that. Yeah, I mean, you have to have someone who has the right amount of absolute like, celibacy looking, and then also still attractive. Be like some wide-eyedness, but also just like so put yeah, upon by the whole situation. Yeah, but it's on the CW, so there would be banging. There wouldn't be no celibate Gary yeah, this he- time. It would be banging. Exactly. So much banging. Who would be his love interest? So much banging. Should we? I feel like it should, if it's a reboot, a true to, true detail to reboot, it, it should be the it should be the uh, yeah the Marissa. assistant is his yeah versus his love interest. Yes, in this. because yeah. they fucked it up the Absolutely. first time. They're never gonna make that same mistake. Is she still blind? Is Marissa still blind? Wait, Marissa's blind. Oh yeah, she's blind. <laughs> Wait, Marissa's blind. <laughs> what? Yes, Marissa's blind. This dude is. Every single what? thing. 
she is like straight up Carrie Washington. Oh my god, arms. now I'm seeing the picture with her with the, 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 the walking stick because she's what? blind. And she's not I looking mean, at I the camera because she... she's blind. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to the Wikipedia, the picture is there now. Oh my god, it all makes sense. Well, so obviously the reboot has to be Carrie Washington, right? (laughs) God damn it, man. I can't believe I didn't know she was blind the whole time. How were we supposed to know she was blind? I mean, I watched it as a child, but it's been so long. But watching this episode, did you... Like, how... No, there was no... There is one moment... There's no... There's one moment that you have to be quick to catch it. It raises... Where she walked... She walks out with her no, cane. Walks out into the bar, but it's you got it's. Really it raises more thing. questions, though, Lisa, because at one point she does say, "Hey, there's a Irish woman who won the lottery, and no one she she reading the news says that she is I the just, one. I know, I know. Is this? But I swear to God, she is blind. The what whole the series. <laughs> <laughs> How deep does this go? I waited to oh the end God. of the podcast. She is to drop definitely it. the one who points out. Absolutely. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, my God. She's very perceptive, that Marissa. Well, you have to be. You're blind. Also, if you're Maybe blind and there's a curse, why are you hanging around? Uh-huh. <laughs> if this was Nancy, that's why she pieces it out. I. She's blind. Oh my, oh, my God, guys. Dude, we're missing the scene where after the Irish people show up at 6 30 in the morning, she sets her cane out and just walks out of the bar. Like, bye, guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I can't believe I didn't know she was blind. That's amazing. Thank you for knowing that offhand, Lisa, because that just changed my life. I literally made it through. I'm so confused. There's so many aspects of that that make zero sense. I guess we just assume she gets a braille version of the newspaper. Oh bullshit! It's 2000. There's not that kind of the, the cat's bringing like braille future newspapers. <laughs> there's, oh there's like a whole secret side of the show that they never showed where the cat actually talks and reads the newspaper to Marissa like, while Gary is not like, I'm not trying to pick CW you. will go into that. This yeah. is actually I mean that really is the perfect person to be his love interest then really honestly because Blind she'll be Carrie like Washington. she'll be like just because I can't see the future doesn't mean that I don't know that we're in love or something stupid like that. <laughs> oh my god I can't wait to see that promo. <laughs> and like <laughs> just because I can't tell you look like Daniel Sherman doesn't mean I don't know you're hot. Yes. <laughs> No, and there'll be a really angry breakup scene at one point where it's like, just, like, we can't all see the future. <laughs> Boom. And um, we can't all see. We can't, we it's can't because see I'm all. blind, Gary. I'm God. blind. But, like, honestly, I'm not trying to nitpick even any further that one scene where she points that out. But, like, I'm not even talking, like, she just notices, like, maybe he read it to her and she reads it back. She points to the exact point on the paper where it says that. <laughs> maybe she- Maybe that was season five, too. She's faking her blindness, but I swear to God, she's blind. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm I'm speechless. I don't know what more to say. She was not blind. (laughs) (laughs) It does say right here, the blind former receptionist. But, yeah. She (laughs) put... I'm so upset. I'm like... I'm baffled. Like I almost feel like maybe because it was the last episode, we or one of the allegedly last episode, we saw them just not give a shit at all anymore. But I mean, has that been going on the whole time? Like she's just able to know she's, where certain articles in a newspaper are. Like, but I'm gonna have to oh investigate. 
I'm like, I'm absolutely I mean, baffled. Like, that might be one of the most have, confusing have things. Like, re- like, I'm gonna try to like rewatch the clip real quick. If you guys want to try that too. Just, yes. Like, let's all pull it up. Oh my god. I'm I'm literally without words. Like that's that is. Like, should we edit the IMDb to say this is a goof? <laughs> this woman ain't because fucking now blind. I'm watching. I'm like, okay, I can tell she's blind because she's like looking off. <laughs> She's acting blind. <laughs> I mean, it says a lot about the show that it first. <laughs> the first time around, I thought it was an acting choice. <laughs> you just didn't want to. She just didn't want to look Kyle Chandler in the face. Oh my god! Okay, he just what? gave her a drink. He like put it right in front of her, so she knows it's right there. <laughs> But like, how does she? Is she keeping his books? This feels like <laughs> she, she was like definitely writing something down in the first scene. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, she has like a calculator or something in front of her. Oh, she's, she's holding a pen in her hand. <laughs> she's definitely coming into the scene with a cane. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. Oh my. God. Okay, he's the one who points out the Irish okay. woman. Oh god! Thank God. <laughs> Christ. I'm literally a star. Yeah, she's like she's never looking at him in the face. It's it's literally usual suspects. That's she's just gonna Kaiser so say them. Literally, she is Kevin Spacey. I was right. Her, okay, her cane is literally like folded up on the bar <laughs> next to her. No, I'm you, I was watching the first step, the first part of the episode, and she like literally walks into the scene from another room, like tapping the ground with the cane. <laughs> already know that going in. I wish we could take it back so you can watch it and then go back and see how obvious it is. I need a second. I had to exit the fuck out of this because I'm going to lose my fucking mind. I can't believe it. I didn't know you guys didn't know. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Well, I mean. Yeah, there are tears in my eyes. Me too. That was certainly one of the most insane plot twists I've ever seen because... I didn't Did see I it just along, like, which is ironic because she I just, walked. like, M. Night shyamalan you both, didn't I? You really did. <laughs> She's super She's blind. She's really blind. It's amazing that we both missed the exact same major plot point so the not entire o- time. So not only is Marissa blind, but so are you. Yeah. <laughs> Real Thank blind. you for the tagline for the podcast now. <laughs> oh my god. So, yes, uh, Daniel Sharman and Blind Carrie Washington. <laughs> Absolutely. Done. Kevin Spacey will guest star as the uh, Henry Gibson character when they <laughs> Oh my god, episode. that would be amazing. That's actually the pilot. They just get right to this. <laughs> and they'll still, like, reverse order back down to Felicity Huffman in the finale, right? Oh my god. <laughs> that would be amazing. Well, I mean, <clears throat> we probably need to take a break for ourselves and for our we own. We just peaked, honestly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But, um, so, uh, let's just get the plugs, because I'm gonna lose my mind if I don't, like, take some more water and, like, re-look at my entire life. (laughs) God. I'm, like, I literally, 
got ner like I got nervous watching it because it felt like my entire life has <laughs> been a lie. Oh my god. <clears throat> All right, so Latoya plugs. <laughs> Go. <laughs> I just like what's just happened? I don't know. I don't know what's happened. Well, I guess I would like to plug uh, myself. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Lafergs, assuming you're not a Twitter harasser. Cause I, oh, I'm not gonna say blind. <laughs> <laughs> I was not gonna say unless you're a blind. Oh god. Blind uh, people have at it. <sighs> uh, you know, I always still write on the AV Club and everything. And honestly, I haven't really updated uh, my Tumblr, so you might as well just follow me on Twitter so you can know what's going on. Yes. Uh, I would like to also plug, uh, as I was mentioning before, the first run syndication show, She Spies. For those of you who aren't aware what it is, it's basically just kind of like a comedic spoof on like the Charlie's Angels Mod Squad brand of television. It's actually ridiculously fun. Uh, I, I suggest the first season, not the second season. They tried to make it too dramatic. Um, I guess this show, I want to plug. Mm-hmm. Uh, this I, episode specifically. <laughs> I've only seen one episode of Judging Amy, and I don't plug it, but I will plug all of the crossover episodes of Crossing Jordan and Las Vegas. <laughs> oh my god. That's some good times. <laughs> yeah, there are god. crossover episodes. <laughs> and uh, let's see. I guess <clears throat> I just really want to plug CW uh, making the show. Yeah, yes, I'm into please. it. All right, and, and Lisa, what's up with you? Uh, I tweet at It's Lisa E. Uh, I want to plug the movie Frequency because it's also about messing with the future. So Yes. It's a great movie. I just want I can't remember even who I am at this point because this podcast has just gone to hell. <laughs> so there you go. Just follow me, on, heaven, follow me on Twitter because I am delightful. Awesome. And as, <laughs> and as always, I am at Mara on Twitter. Um, this week's Hangover Mr. Cooper will be The Hangover Part 2, which is, I think, perfectly timed given what the fuck just happened. <laughs> We're all going to be a little hungover. Um, <clears throat> so check that out next Wednesday after, you know, St. Patrick's Day. And then until then, happy St. Patrick's Day, guys. Um, thanks for joining us on the Televoid. Our next episode will be... Uh, the OC, oh, yeah. season three, episode ten, the Christmaca bar mitzvah. So check that out. That, I mean, <clears throat> it's a bad episode of that show, but that show is certainly good enough to rewatch and, and, and discuss. So stay tuned for that. And then um, until then, rate, review, uh, like us on uh, Facebook, iTunes, all that stuff. And watch where you're going, guys, because some people are blind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what more to say. You're a bad person. <laughs> I am a very bad person. I absolutely, I will own that. I am, I mean, I actually kind of respect this for it because it means we just didn't notice the whole time, I guess. You weren't judging. I don't know. I respect you. are not I might respect you less for not noticing. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. We can't all be Kyle Chandler's, <laughs> like, caring about people and saving the world. Well, that's well, true. In the meantime, guys, thanks for wandering into the Teleboy. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Is Marissa still blind? Wait, Marissa's blind? Oh, yeah. She's blind? <laughs> Wait, Marissa's blind? <laughs> what? Yes, Marissa's blind! This thing is every single thing. <laughs>